Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've done today. Welcome to True Stories Based on Fiction. I am your host, Brian, and with me is... Evan, the third host. So we are back at you in this bitch for our annual tradition. This is, what, the third annual? Fourth? Probably third. Third? Yeah, third annual, I believe. I do not know if we'll be breaking last year's uh, time I record. It. I doubt it. <laughs> but <laughs> that was a treat for last year. Yeah, but, but that was probably still... It has our record as the longest episode of anything on our network. Um, Christmas Street this year is I've stuck to my word of at least one episode a month. Okay, all right. As long as we get this one out in January, still. Yeah, uh, this is I have. The, this if it doesn't, at least I can state on the record I am recording in January. That is true. Uh, yeah, this will definitely come out in January, either this upcoming Tuesday or the following Tuesday, depending on if the other show records on time. But um, so this is, as you may have guessed by the title of the, of the fucking episode, this is going to be our year in review that Brian and I like to do our our, our a list show that is actually in a particular order, unlike the other show that we do um yeah you'll be happy to know i've actually came prepared for this one too. <laughs> i did research did you okay. i do like when people come prepared because uh, brian will tell you I, I i typically plan i typically prepare a lot i did one show earlier this month that i wasn't prepared for and it showed i didn't like it but i am a professional what issue was it that he didn't he change his costume at one point a couple of times did he mm-hmm. and also because it follows all the, and if you could hear us during the preamble we're talking about my favorite superhero story of all time as of right now invincible but um do they do they national aggression with them and like does he age and stuff yeah does he it 
I know that you don't read manga, but a, a cool thing about manga to me, and a cool thing about this book, it shows the, the, the characters aging from a kid to an adult and have their own kid. Because, like, Goku, when he started, he was an eight-year-old kid, like, in this shit here. Like, this is, like, this is Goku when he first started. And then now Goku you see all the time is a grown-ass man with grandkids. Mm-hmm. Well, I know he had grown grandkids. Yep. It's saying in this book. It starts when he's, like, 16, and it ends when he's, like, well, the book really ends when he's probably 20-something. But on this page, looking at it now, the last issue had like a lot of flash forward to I think storylines drop a curve and what it did, he would have kept the book going. Interesting. It ends with him having two kids, and since you might forget about this when you read it, and I told you about this already, the most interesting sort thing about this book is he was raped. Yes. And you took pictures and sent them. <laughs> raped by a woman, I might add, and. They redeemed his rapist. I was offended. Because yeah. this is post Me Too. They redeemed this his rapist. This is hashtag you too. Yes. And us too. Yeah, hashtag us, us too. Hashtag us too. And then, peep this. Like, this is like Big Reveal too. So sorry if, if, if you haven't read the book that ended four years ago. There's a rape baby. Hmm. There's a rape baby, bro. And he raises the rape baby. I'm looking right now on the, uh, I don't know if I should plug them, but the Amazons. Uh, Compendium One I can get for thirty five bucks. Yeah, and, and it should be like sixty five, right? Yeah, issue or two is forty one, and three is forty. I paid less than that for mine. Where do you get that? I got it on uh on Amazon, but it was right around Black Friday. I think Cyber Monday, so like it was like eighty percent off of some shit. I probably paid thirty two. I think it was thirty two. So not much less than that. I'm gonna look at the Barnes and or Noble. Yeah. I mean, that's just probably gonna be more. Not for me though, but that's just. Probably <laughs> <laughs> um, I think ours is well. Yeah, I mean, I don't care where I work now. Yeah, so I, I do work for that company, and none of my views have anything to do with them. But uh, I think that that's probably not gonna be on sale there. <clears throat> it's probably that full of sixty-five dollars. Oh well, no, it's ten percent off. You get oh, it for fifty-eight forty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> so unless they do like their buy one get ones. Mm-hmm. Which they had going on for a while yeah all right though you interview so i came somewhat prepared um i couldn't remember all our categories yeah it was comics tv movies and podcasts i'm gonna pull up my list here i might change some of my mid show too though but all right here we go so i did mine a little different i think than i've done in the past okay and um i think in the past i've done it where it was either something I like. I think it's mostly when it gets to comics, but maybe even TV shows, stuff that I maybe read or watched for the first time, or maybe even ones that were still t- taking place. I think that yeah, that's how like I, saying, I've that, always done it. Something that came, that was released in that calendar year. So I did it. Anything that started. Okay. A series that actually started in 2019. Yeah. Now that, you might change my mind on some of the stuff that you say too. That's so. how I've been doing it. The whole time, because otherwise, then my book would have been invincible, which I didn't start reading that last volume like before the year ended. But yeah, but I tried. Did that end in twenty nineteen though? No, but I I was reading it then. But yeah, so I had to take your stuff took place in twenty nineteen. Didn't necessarily start. I think all the ones I chose, I specifically looked for stuff that started in twenty nineteen. So what's the difference between started and it took place? Um. Well, mostly it's going to end up being either new series that just started or I don't know. I just. Got Specifically, look. Um, so you kind of 
but some of the stuff might still be going ongoing into. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Twenty twenty. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, what area do you want to start with? Uh, <coughs> last year we did comics first. Then, but I mean, uh, let's do probably the quickest one first. Let's do podcast first. This gonna be a tough one for me because I think I always give you the same podcast. But alright. I have I'm sure I have some I can look at my Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, and Kevin Smith. Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> one of them might be in there though. Uh, true stories based on fiction might be number one of the podcast. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I have actually I do have a new podcast that I've been listening to. Okay. Um one it's now, is this going to be in a particular order? Or? No. Okay. I don't have any particular orders on any of them. My, my, mine do. Do they? Which is fine. Like, we can be different on, yeah. like, in that regard. Um, so, one new one that I started listening to, I think it might be on its second year, and it's more of a nostalgia fa- factor and allows me to kind of go back and revisit some. Mm-hmm. It is called Pada Bing. Oh, okay. It is a Sopranos retrospective podcast. Okay. Um, which Sopranos one of my favorite TV shows of all time. If we ever actually do, maybe at some point in time we can do a favorite of all time mm-hmm. uh, episode, or even we can do a best in a review decade. Yeah, I never thought about doing that, but this is all 2019 people. I thought about doing that, but uh, yeah, but I need a little more time on that. A lot of time to prepare for that shit. Um, and depending on maybe it's top ten of each one, but yeah. that might take over as long as episode. Um, but uh, Sopranos is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um. And it's a, one of those shows like I can always go back and revisit. So the podcast started out as a couple like a group of people that were just fans of the show, um, doing episode recaps of it. Mm-hmm. But it's transitioned into they've gotten so many uh, stars of the show that they do interviews oh, nice. on. So, but they break it up into seasons, and they're on season. It was a seven episode, seven season up show. They're on season five. But as far as the podcast goes, they're on the twelfth episode of season five, and only have done one episode recap so far. Wow! So they've done a lot of different interviews, um, which are interesting to see. Just like in the, they're nice, not long. Some of them are twenty minutes, some of them are fifty minutes and stuff like that. But like to kind of get like that actor's recap of like what the experience was like working on the show, mm-hmm. um, what it was like working with James Gandolfini. R.I.P. Um, which, you know, it's funny, and I've heard this before, but people, anyone that said they've worked with him said uh, James Gandolfini was, like, one of the nicest guys. Yeah, like, I've heard he actually despised playing Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. Like, um, wanted times that he didn't want the show to continue because it was so tough for him to get into character playing such an evil uh, person, mm-hmm. character. Um, but just well, being able to listen to see what he did for people... Um, you know, get them paid for the show, how he was able to get into characters. Um, again, I've heard this before, but I guess he would put, like, literally put rocks in his shoes to walk around just to, <laughs> just to annoy him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but very interesting episode, uh, podcast I really recommend uh, if you're a fan of The Sopranos. Hmm. I've, list, I've been, one of my things in the last couple years or so has been finding... Uh, Movies slash TV shows, mostly TV shows of stuff that, like, I grew up on that I was, like, was stuff that was favorite for me, mm-hmm. and seeing if someone has podcasts of it so I can hear other right. people's takes, perspective of it. Um, I've listened to a couple other Sopranos ones. They all suck. Hmm. I won't name by name. Um, but I'm trying to go back and find other TV shows for it, too. Like, I wanted to find one for Lost. 
I actually tried looking for one for the old ni- 80s, 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Surprisingly tough to find. Really? I feel but, like I've heard of one before. Maybe. But but that might have been like a kid's one. And like, I, I would rather hear something that's about the shot like there's a kid, but from an uh, adult perspective. Like, mm-hmm. I like behind the scenes type shit of it. Yeah. But interesting. Um, but that's number one for me. So, my third choice for that one, for podcast, would be a po- one of the first podcasts that I started listening to probably at this point 12 years ago, 2007, that's when I got my first iPod. But um, it's from one of the most prolific podcasters. And like, th- th- this isn't a very mainstream podcast. Like Most podcasts I like aren't mainstream anymore. Well, they kind of are now, but back when I first started listening. But it's called Geek Brunch, and there's also the Geek Brunch Retrocast. So on Geek Brunch is a podcast named Mike Myers who has probably one of the biggest comic book collections I've ever seen. He gets every DC book. He has his goal in life is to get every DC book since 1974, and then from 1980 something, he has them all anyway. Every like anything Everything, they put out. Anything they put out, even like the sub brands and shit. So like the uh, oh what the hell they used to call it. They had so many fucking the vertigo stuff. shit. Yep. All the little kitty shit too. Yep. Anything that DC published from like seventy something. Good gold. Sounds like a waste of money. <laughs> but uh, apparently, this dude makes a lot of fucking money, man. Like, uh, it's funny because uh, his wife is always in the background, and while she's very supportive of his podcasting, and like if he's talking about something, and he's like, "Who's that movie?" She's like, "It was this person." But. uh She's getting tired of all this books because apparently their entire fucking living room is full of comic books right now, like big ass. I'm the buses. Sh- I- I'm the buy. I'm the. I'm the buses. It can't be I'm the bus. That's not. It has to be I'm the buy. Hey Google, what's the plural plural of omnibus? On the website Quora.com, they say omnibus is the dative plural form, meaning for all. Do you want a little more context? So Omnibus is similar in plural? Basically this said. Go read all those Omnibus. <laughs> I mean, it, it could work. I need all three of the Omnibus. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to help with Shut up, Google! <laughs> but I found something else. Do you want to know what is the legal definition of Omnibus? Legal definition? Yes, why not? Yes. On the website uselegal.com, they say... An omnibus hearing is a criminal pretrial hearing. Awesome. Typically, disclosure of evidentiary okay, matters, procedural, and constitutional issues are attempted to be resolved. Anyway. Omnibus hearings um, are governed by state laws and local court rules, which uh, vary by area. Alright. Um, yeah, so uh, so Geek Brunch is about, they uh, talk about, and, it, and this, this podcast is much like ours, which I prefer long podcasts because of podcasts like this, because they're always at least three, three hours plus. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about Movies they read that week, TV shows and comics, and, and food. That's why I call it Geek Brunch. And then all on the retrocast uh, is him and a different host. And like they talk about uh, the same thing. Well, in the comic portion of it, it has to be books that are 10 years old at least. And um, since, and he does at least seven other podcasts. Like He's one of my podcast godfathers because of the fact that he's been so consistent over the years. Uh, and like the co-hosts are pretty good too, so like not not much to say about it. But like, want to give them a shout out, Mike Myers and the Geek Brunch Podcast crew. All right. Um, 
This is the one I was, like I said, I was not prepared for. <laughs> um, library. There's one I won't say I listened to consecutively, mm-hmm. um, but I have listened to a few sporadic ones. I guess I'll just throw that one out there. Um, so one thing I like that really interests me is a lot of times behind the scenes type things. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it be a, a big fan of documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever seen like any of the Aaron Sorkin shows and stuff like that, like he did uh, Sports Night, uh, Studio 60 and Sunset Strip. Uh, but he always like does shows like takes you behind the scenes mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but I like seeing the li- the lives of and the behind the scenes yeah, makings of. Um, but there's one on porn stars. Really? Yeah. Um, you have my interest now. It's uh, Holly Randall Unfiltered. Okay. Um, again, not one that I sit there and listen to every episode. Um, some of them I don't care about, mm-hmm. but I do listen to ones I uh, people I know of have heard mm-hmm. of before. Um, but basically, it's a interview hmm. podcast. Uh, but hearing about the lives, how they got into the industry, what their thoughts of the industry is. You know, I hate all that fucking uh, bubblegum bullshit and yeah. stuff like that. One thing that annoys the fuck out of me is uh, watching, listening to any, or not listening, but reading any porn star on Twitter, um, because it's the same. Oh, I'm looking for dick in this area or something like mm-hmm. that. I got, I just got to give fuck. Link in bio. Yeah, and you know it's just a fucking uh, play. It's kayfabe. Yeah, uh, they're playing a character mm-hmm. essentially. I want to see. I want to hear about the person. Are any of them happy? Yes. Okay, because what I see a lot is like with my girl, R.P. August Ames, she was suicidal and shit, but I feel like on, on camera, these bitches look happy. I think some of them, uh, that maybe the industry takes advantage of them a little bit. I think a lot of them, now that you're really getting out of porn films, mm-hmm. and more it's like, you know, you, you're going, you're doing the scene that's going to be going online and shit like that. Right. Um, I read one, or I just listened to one a couple weeks ago. With one of my new girls, Alina Lopez. I've seen some of her stuff. Um, gorgeous. Uh, yes, she is. Mormon girl from Utah. Really? Uh, very close. Like, people, they uh, had a big thing about, like, her family. Like, how people have this perception that your family disowns you and stuff. Like, when they find out about the your career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she views it. She's like, this is my career. Um, very uh, Supposedly, her family is very supportive of her. You know, I'm sure there's some pushback and whatnot to a lot of uh, yeah. people. I've never seen a Hispanic Mormon. I've seen people that's like Anglo uh, Well, she's mixed. Okay. Oof. I feel like Mormons don't want any mix of races. That's another one I just listened to that was good, too. Um, you know who, who I'm liking this weekend, I'll say? Daisy Stone. Blind with a big old wagon. Uh, Eliza Abrera? I haven't heard of her before. Let me pull up a little photo. Mm-hmm. Anyone at home listen to this? <laughs> Google Eliza Abrera. E L I Z A I B A R R A. And you, me, and Garrett Safadu are our top porn stars one these days. But that changes so often. I can do a month. I can do a month. Top three porn stars of this day, of today, of Wednesday. I will say I probably have my favorites that are always going to be go-to. 
I used to, but I feel like now all my favorites aren't working anymore, it feels like. I'm going to find some other photos, but I ain't one ain't good. I kind of like that. But, like, but like, she doesn't really have a body. Oh, hold on. Okay. Cute face, though. Yeah. And I kind of like the more mature-looking porn star for some reason. Oh, on X titties. Yeah. Kind of like a girl in a store look. I Googled, or not Google. I put her name into uh, Apple Podcasts just to see if there were any podcasts with her because I wanted <laughs> to hear an interview. Um, and there was one, and it was weird because it's, uh, they ain't going, to, uh, well, they talked about her, uh, some of her uh, life history, and this is not on it because I don't even remember the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, one of the guys that does the podcast just started dating her. Really? So kind of get a little behind the scenes type stuff. Like uh, she was getting ready to do her first anal scene, um, so she was practicing, talking about how practicing at home. <laughs> um, but it was funny because she was talking about getting it when she got in the industry. Uh, her brother was a little apprehensive about it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, her brother was bragging to everyone that that was a sister because everyone was all hot. It was like, oh my friend, friends ones don't believe that I know you. Which, wow. Yeah, kind of awkward. Then her brother got married and had a kid and basically disowned her because they don't want their daughter to have anything to do with her. I mean, I mean, at the same your, time, yeah. You ain't bringing your work home. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I'm sure they're not going to uh, family reunions and be like, oh, I fucked this dick. To, <laughs> you never knew. Manual for Rick. <laughs> How'd your career go? Oh, I took two dicks last night. I let me tell you about my first DP. <laughs> I just say, hey, I'll work at work. <laughs> work at work. So, but that one I might check out. Yeah, like I said, I have it down. So every new episode, one comes, it loads. If I recognize the person, or if it, I'll read the little description yep. on it. If I want to hear about it, I'll listen to it. If not, swipe it out. Yeah, because that's the thing about that that uh, industry. There's so many fucking porn stars, bro. There's yeah. so many. Well, because you will listen to some, and some, you can tell some of them are putting on the like. To me, kayfabe. Well, porn stars. I mean, you're creating a character. I mean. I, I think there's a fine, a huge difference between the character they are. I mean, mm-hmm. the, once you get that porn name, like your publicity, not just in the uh, films you're making, but as a character you are playing in public and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear it on the podcast. I want to hear about like the real. I mean, obviously right. you're not gonna go into real life like names and shit like that. Um, but that's what I want to see. Jenna Hayes had a good one. Um, she's like I haven't heard her. I, 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 I've heard that you know, I haven't heard that name in, in many moons. Oh, she got some good legs though. She, she used to be one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, that back that back when I first started watching porn because that's when we started first becoming accessible easily, mm-hmm. like two thousand nine or some shit. Uh, but she's in school just finishing up like uh, doctorate or something like that. Oh, wow. So they had a lot about that. You know who's um a lot of porn stars now. This is obviously a tangent. Uh, can't really fuck on screen, but are beautiful. Like, Jaden... The, the really popular Jaden from, like, maybe ten years ago. Is that dark hair? Oh, really shit. cute eyes. Anyway, she, she's beautiful. She's thick as fuck. Her body is amazing, but her scenes are always boring as hell. And same thing with this one chick named Randy James. She is fucking beautiful, but her scenes are so fucking boring. So she's better off just being like a, a Instagram model. Yeah, 
There's uh, only fan shit. Cause she, she I don't know if you ever yeah. watched Callie Roses. I've heard that name before. Um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like you're excited. You're like, all right, I want to watch this. And nothing. She just yeah. sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Boring as fuck. Yeah. It's like, how in the fuck do you get in this industry? Like the photos sit there. You're like, okay, click, 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 click. <laughs> I can't get it. I can't wait. Fast forward, fast forward, fast. When did she get into this <laughs> shit? Like. Prime example, one who 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 uh I think never worked that in life because she enjoyed what she did. Remy Lacroix, like I've always said, she always like she was in the moment, and she and she like she was enjoyed every second of every scene that she's ever been in. Brie Olson. Yes. Probably one of the most the one of the ones I will still say to this day that literally like just you know got into it. I mean, she had the dirty talk. She fucking. I mean. She made it seem like she loved every single scene she was in. But her dirty talk was also always a little bit over the top to me. Yeah. And like, go- she was too much of like your stereotypical blind, bleach blind porn star with the big fake boobs, so. though. Ain't fake. Yeah. And now I think she turned into a man. Kind of. I follow her on the gram and she definitely. I didn't find, no, all this time that blonde hair was all fucking wig. She said. I don't think, oh, she said, she said oh. it, she's always had that short, dark hair. Oh wow! It was always a wig, hmm. which goes to say that Brie Olsen is a character, character she created. It's like, everything is wrestling, bro. Yeah. Everything is professional wrestling. Um, yeah. Now they got, she got that fan central or whatever or OnlyFans mm-hmm. shit. Seems to be the thing that everyone's going to, trying to get people to pay for porn again. Yeah, and then the thing about it, I don't think that most of them are, are, are even fucking on there. And there's just the same pics, but they fuck they censored their thong on, on Instagram. Then it's not censored. I, I don't get it. And then most of the time, people out in the audience is go to Google, type in blah 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 OnlyFans, and someone put it up somewhere. Most of the time. Really? Mm-hmm. I've tried that. No, find, with, I've never been able to find one. I, I found a few. Uh, not everyone, but I found a few. I found more than I haven't found, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. But typically, when you do it, find a Reddit page about it, or um, uh, the sub you had. But be careful about going that shit, because that shit feels like it would definitely give you a virus. So you got to be quick. <laughs> Can you get viruses on your phone? It starts going slow, or you get a whole bunch of pop-ups. Mm. Which... which it's pretty annoying. Um, alright, so my next one... Tangent over. Yep, tangent over, and then we'll I feel we do need to do, at some point in time here, get a porn podcast, porn episode. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> down. Uh, so my next one is going to be... Because I'm... The last couple of years, I've been, like, a true crime fan for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's true crime shows or now, like, a lot of true, true, crime, eh, true crime podcasts, like... Like, Parcast does a lot of those, and there's, like, 30 million of their podcasts now. But anyway, there's one called Case File, and it's with this guy from, uh, I think he's from uh, New Zealand or Australia. So the fact that, like, he's telling, like, true crime stories, and then, like, he has, like, a different accent that sounds different, it just makes, like, like, like the whole atmosphere is cool about it, how a really cool moody music and shit uh, it is a really good show I'm like uh, that's I think it's bi-weekly and like it tells an interesting story it tells one story about this uh, about um, they tell stories that, that you've heard before like from Tylenol murders and sh- well yeah from the 80s they told one about this chick who was on the sitcom in the 80s who I had never heard of but she, she was cute 
who got killed by a stalker. They told one about this um, this guy who who pretended to be a woman on, on his online shit for like years with this guy. Then like he killed himself over her, but then it came out that, that her was a dude. And then he told this one about uh, this uh, guy who was super religious, almost cult level, and then like he thought that his wife had a demon in her, but like but she was schizophrenic. So then, like, yeah, like, uh, his, his friends come over who were all preachers, and then, like, they basically beat, beat her to death in, in the course of a week, thinking they're trying to beat out the demon that was in there. And then they all went to jail. So he tells some very, some very intriguing stories. Uh, of all the true kind, of, true kind of podcasts I listen to basically daily, his is one that I look forward to a lot, and that's a case file. It's a daily podcast? No, uh, I listen to. Probably one true crime podcast every day, primarily from, uh, primarily oh, from so a you podcast. have a different. Mm-hmm. So you have different ones you listen. To, but that's your yeah. favorite one. Of. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, number three, it's gonna be a tough one. There's one I like. It's called Mafia, but I'm pretty sure I did that one last year. I think you did. Um. You know, I am going to. Well, here, I'm going to say this one for the sole reason. It is the only podcast I pay for. Oh, wow. Um, through Patreon. Wow. Um, I give wow. five, I give $5 a month for it. Wow. Um, but it's the Tell Em Steve Dave bonus pod podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do, they, I feel they kind of stole our shtick of what we've been doing the last few years. How so? I think, um... So they have the Tell Em Steve Dave main one, but then they came out with the bonus podcast, and what they do is they have four to five actually different shows, and they do one episode, uh, episode per month. Mm-hmm. It's a weekly podcast, but one episode per month um, of each one, of each so, one. Mm-hmm. which I feel is kind of what we've gotten to yeah. um, so, as coming up with a podcast network mm-hmm. and not necessarily having different shows of feeds. feeds. We have it all through just um, true stories based on fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that being eight episodes behind and listening to it, <laughs> um, but the fact that I pay for it, I feel I should say, yeah. say it's up there, and that's without repeating stuff from last year. Not just not, not a whole lot of other new podcasts right. that I've been listening to. And so, that five bucks solely gets you access to the bonus episode, or is, is there anything else you get? Um, they do some videos that they yeah. put on there too. Um, but they How have do you different watch videos. Team. Like you have to, they give you the code through. Patreon, then you have to do that, so I can mirror it to my television yeah. through uh, Apple TV if I want, or gotcha. just watch it on the phone or okay. iPad, which I don't know if I've ever really watched any of the videos. I just listen. Mm-hmm. To me, podcasts should and always should be an auditory yes. uh, medium. Otherwise, it's a web show. You can have a web show. Yeah. The only podcast to me that works when they uh, do the audio show and then have like a, a, a video show as well and it's a tedious podcast that I listen to for maybe two weeks at a time like every six months but like the Joe Button podcast because mm-hmm. his episode is probably three to five hours and like to me they drag but they'll put out segments of, of the show each week and then they put out the full show on a YouTube as well see the reason is because I'm listening I'm listening to a podcast in the go I might be listening to part of it in the shower I might be listening to a speaker as I'm getting ready in the morning yep. I'm walking around with my phone on. I yep. might put a Same. listen into the car. I might have a headphone in while I'm at work, getting ready in the morning. Same. 
But I'm never going to I'm not going to sit there and lie in bed for 3 hours, 2 hours, I agree. an hour and watch the uh, episode of a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's also what what fucking Joe Rogan does too. And I'm not a big uh Rogan fan, but he he apparently gets more views on his YouTube page than he does on the actual podcast. Which is why I've been dicking around with the idea of trying to have some kind of YouTube presence, but it's, I know we've talked about it for years. If yeah, you can't into like 15 10, 15 minute segments, mm-hmm. you can't sit there and have hour long stuff. No. And then even fucking loading this shit, I can't figure out how to compress this shit enough to even fucking load it. Oh, but to that point, I'm not sure if I told you, but uh, starting with the episode that came out last week, we are now on Spotify. So I know that iTunes and Spotify seem to be the top two places places that people get podcasts, but we're now on Spotify. And all of our um, all of our past episodes are on there too. Also, were we on Spotify before? No, that was the one big one that like, we weren't on because honestly, I was afraid because we had like the um, copyrighted music on there before. And but now, but now like, we have it for a whole year. Might been longer than a year. Probably so. Um, Ever since Randy was stealing it and putting it on our podcast. I did that for a while too. Um, like and then like remember like for I was a while. Trying to save us. <laughs> oh yeah, that Randy Blaine, who is not only an associate producer, it's sometimes a correspondent. <laughs> so now it's all original music. Um, but I want to look into into how like get a Spotify deal because we got enough content out there that's in the soul to get enough to get a deal. We can quit our day jobs and be full time podcasters. Right. Or. Have some supplemental income from <laughs> from a podcast. Um, but anyway, my last podcast is part of the of the exclusive Multiplying Like Rabbits podcast network. The same one that has a show, cults, conspiracy theories, uh, haunted places, female criminals, sports criminals, a lot of true crime shit. This one isn't really true crime, but it's interesting. It's called the Dark Side of, and every season they do is the Dark Side of holidays, the Dark Side of um, Hollywood, dark side of music, the dark side of this and that. Um, the one that was most interesting was like dark side of holidays. I like got into like the uh, true story of Christmas, Hanukkah, um, Halloween, all that shit. They were very detailed and very informative, but also very entertaining. That <clears throat> that had an uh, episode on Y2K that was really good. That that went to like the origins of Y2K. Uh, the people who didn't get credit for fixing the problem before it happened. They had also a really good one on Black Friday. They went to the history of Black Friday, where the term comes from, and they dispelled a lot of rumors about Black Friday. Like one rumor that was pretty prevalent <coughs> was that that term came from the the time in, in, in slavery days when they sold sold all the slaves Black Friday. Then they got into um, the fact that what I I said in the past is it's called away because like that's when people get 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 into black in terms of like the retail sales and shit but it's a really good show and it's very informative <coughs> and, and it was about Halloween was really good too what was it called again? The Dark Side Of but yeah. and it changes up I'm looking it up yeah now they're doing like Dark Side of Love because like it's close to like the um uh Valentine's Day but, yeah but but then before that from like Halloween to New Year's Eve the they did that. Then they did one of music where they talked about the orders of music. Dark Side of Elite. You tell me Dark Side of? Mm-hmm. Put in Parcast Dark Side of because it's the Parcast Network. Parcast. Par, P-A-R-Cast. 
I've listened to some. I listened yeah. to the conspiracy, I used to listen to conspiracy theory one. Culture is the first one like that I fucked with, and it's still really good. But uh, Dark Side Out is probably like, the best one to me. We'll see that in here. What do you mean? Serial killers, conspiracy theories, unsolved murders, secret societies, cults, tales, haunted places, female criminals, unexplained mysteries, historical figures, today in true crime, mythology, con art. Oh, the dark side of. Yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. It's really good, man. Um, so that's pretty much all that we've got on that topic. Uh, what? Where would you like this continue? Um, why don't we do, I say end it with movies. You want to do TV shows or comic books next? We can do a TV next. Alright. TV was a hard one for me. Um, a little tough for me too, but like I said, I try to keep it all mine into stuff that started, um, or had a full season in the year of 2019. So, um, you want me to go first? Yes. Um, well, this one will kind of be, I'll put a little asterisk on it. It is a show that premiered in 2019. I didn't watch it until 2020. Um, <laughs> didn't get around to it. But I'm going to put number one, The Boys. Amazon Prime television show. Yeah. Based on the comic book series by Garth Enos. And That's on my list, too. Is it? That's my number two. All right. Well, since I have no particular, do you want to do your number two one? I mean, we can just tag team um, the boys right now. Okay. Um, so, yes, I had a lot of hype built up around the show. So many people sitting there talking to me about it. Um, I was probably one of them. Well, like our group chat was probably one of them. Yeah. So, my uh, a buddy of mine last summer, the I think the weekend it premiered, mm-hmm. sat down. It was uh, in July because I had my yeah. family reunion going on. And my buddy watched it, binge-watched the whole season in one day. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that's... And I uh, try, I just kept trying to find time to sit down. Right. And I think there was one point in time I watched, sat down and watched the first two episodes, liked it, and just had other things going on. So I was like, kind of like partially into it, mm-hmm. uh, partially not. But I knew I wanted to watch it. I liked it a lot. Um, seeing some of the effects on it. Um, and then just fall television came up. Uh, and kind of got put in the back burner and then i had a day week or two ago i think um like last week i believe you yeah well now because it's Sunday, like not yet yeah but not yeah. last week the week before mm-hmm. um i had a treadmill being delivered to the house oh, nice. um they gave me a delivery time of 10 to 6 <laughs> what is it, the 90s yeah. <laughs> uh they didn't show up till 4 45 but i decided i was like i can't leave the house so i threw on the boys Literally watched the all eight episodes uh, of the first season in one day. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a, a binge watch worthy show because it has cliffhangers in it, and then it's just so intriguing you, you want to continue. But I, uh, what I do now, if a show is good, number one, I hate binge watching because I, I, I feel like I lost the entire day. That I, I could have done something else, probably some more nerd shit, like not just do that one thing in a full day. But I probably watched it maybe three days, is it just, just like have a break? But um, yeah, uh, it it definitely now kind of tangent. Is that Randy Quaid's son or Dennis Quaid's son? Which one? Uh, Huey. 
Lou, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, let me look it up. <coughs> but I thing, didn't know it was Quaid. Yep. I think it's Randy Quaid, son. The thing I like about it the best, though, because uh, as we're probably getting to more in-depthly later, uh, but I'm very disillusioned with the cartoony, kitty-ass thing that Marvel's turned into. I mean, that's Marvel... Disney Marvel, and then even in Marvel Comics, with like you might have an answer for us. The son of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, okay. <laughs> she cheated on Dennis Quaid! <laughs> with that with Russell Crowe! Um, yeah, but it's an adult superhero show. Unlike the Marvel shit that's getting kiddier, more family-friendly. Someone said that uh, they couldn't take... They the, the hated Endgame which I hate it too, but not for the same reason, but I hate it in-game because I can't take my kids to go, to go see it. Why did they do that? Like, that thing is for fucking kids, but people perceive comic books again as kids' entertainment. I don't think they perceive comic books. I think they perceive comic book movies as kids' entertainment. To the outside public, it's all the same thing to them. They think that if a pickup issue of Avengers is going to be that same team, and that's why they don't come back and buy comic books anymore because it's not that same team. So in the... In the average world, and outsiders, it's all the same thing. You know? Yeah. But this is a this is definitely for adults. The first five minutes, some crazy shit happens. It's fucking gory, but it fucking work. And and it's a show that's not for adults. And the, and the topics and the themes, it takes superhero ideals and put it in a adult in a real world perspective almost. And it has adult themes, which I prefer in my superhero shit. So I like a couple reasons. Um, kind of what you're getting into. Hey, I thought it had it was a television show. That you wouldn't expect anything to come from Prime, which yeah. I like Prime's model. I don't. I do and I don't. They have probably the worst streaming uh, app or whatever you yeah. want to say. Probably their idea of fuck it, we don't need this. DC Universe is so worse than theirs. I don't even know if I would say that. I think interface uh, is where you're looking for. What? Well, yes, interface. Interface. Their mo- method is we don't fucking need this. We're Amazon. <laughs> right. I'm Jeff Bebos, motherfucker. Find it yourself. It's on there. You just gotta find it. How's that on your main page? I'm walking through it. It just came out today. And I don't like how anything I buy on iTunes all of a sudden shows up like I can view it in Amazon Prime. Motherfucker, I know I can watch it. I can watch it anywhere else. I, I actually love that because uh, you probably have that movie as a go, don't you? I would imagine you do. Mm-hmm. That's why that happens. Oh. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, show me the shit that I know I don't can't watch. Oh, you mean it, it shows up in a, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I got you. Yeah. That, that's dumb as fuck, yeah. Watch next. Because there have been a few times I go in there, I, I buy <laughs> something, I go in there, I'm like, motherfucker. I was like, I didn't realize the Joker was here to watch already. And I was like, oh, oh. Like, oh wait, no, it's just all the stuff I've just I've uh, purchased. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, I, I agree. But um, it's, got, it's a fucking show. It's a show with movie-level effects to me budget kind yeah. of and the costumes I think are bad on purpose right yeah the costumes um, are bad but I, yeah. but I, think but I like the idea purpose. kind of what you were saying is it it takes the idea of what happens if superheroes were real in our everyday life obviously they would be you know sponsored through uh, corporation. corporations and the US, run the show and the US government would definitely be trying to utilize that mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to... But their way, not... You ain't going to have a hero of New York City and that's it, like, flying through the skies. It's going to be an American, true Mm -hmm. blue um, thing. Uh, 
our hero, and it's going to be for everywhere, and, like, you know, how can we utilize this for military purposes yep. and war? I like how they're all fucked up, and and then at first you'd think that the out the homelander isn't fucked up, but then he he's the most fucked up of all of them. Did you think he was most fucked? I thought uh, he was dressed like a baby for sucking the lady's titty. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the fast guy? Uh, Light speed or some shit? No, fuck. Something speed. I couldn't get over his girly voice. I thought the the one that was supposed to be the Flash was the most fucked up. You think it was the most fucked up? I mean, he, he was a drug addict. I mean, he was a sexual predator. Like, oh. <laughs> Kill, damn straight killed his girl. A-Train. A-Train, yes, A-Train. Um, and he was a jealous motherfucker. Yes. When he goes, I thought it was hilarious, when he goes to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the deep? Oh, no, I'm A-Train. <laughs> oh, no, we, no we'll no, get no. the deep here next week. And then you see the doctor. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> But he was, yeah. I, it was a great show. That it, I mean, he was hot and old looking at the same time. Yeah. Um, when she sat in that dude's face, <laughs> he died by eating ass. Yeah. First time you see someone die from eating ass. Um, Death by but it did a good job at Lincoln's. adding humor to it too. Yes. Not taking itself too but not seriously. Not humor. Yeah. Um, where it wasn't like laugh out loud. It's not a comedy by any means. No, it's it's uh, a dark comedy, you can say. Yeah. Because I mean, the funniest scene to me. And people say that I'm fucked up thinking it's a boat. Was that plane scene? I was cracking up. Which one? There's two plane scenes. Is there two plane scenes? There's the one in, I think, episode one where... Oh, uh, yeah. I don't... I, oh, you I, I don't count that. you like... What are you... <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, please, take these two. And he's like... Nope. He's like, well, sh- I get, like, how am I going to do that? You're going to fly? Can I just fly? come back and forth? Well, she's like, can't like, you go out there and fly the plane? He's like, how, bitch? <laughs> you want me to go out there and pick up a plane? I can't pick up a fucking plane. Cause it's funny because reading comics all yeah. life, and that's the thing that struck me. Would go up and sit exactly. there and hold it like it's nothing. He's exactly. Like, he said, "How? You want me to do how, Ray? Yeah. <laughs> um. And, and I would say it was selfish of uh, the old Maeve to try to say it just those two people anyway. That was selfish as fuck. Let's say these two. Why pick those two? You know they ain't the only two kids on a plane. Exactly. If it is, that's the best flight anyone's ever been on. <laughs> That was the funniest thing of the whole season, but uh, it was so fucked up. But that's how it really happened to. You'd be like, "Oh shit, these pilots are dead. I can't fly. I can't fly a fucking plane. Can you fly a plane?" Um, I did like uh, I liked Homelander. He was too creepy for me. I didn't, and I can't. I'm having a hard time. Like, so they kind of portray him as the villain, the entire yeah. thing. But then you find out at the end he's not really. How was he the villain? He killed that lady. He was being manipulated. But I'm not being killer. I d- I would. He wasn't really being. I mean, he wanted to be in charge of what was happening, but but it wasn't anything good. He wanted to be in charge of. The only thing I can say he's a villain that he did that was very villainous is he created super villains in uh, foreign countries. Yeah. That were being attacked. What did he do that was anywhere near? I'm not saying road. he was. If, I mean, he did go on that plane to try to save him. But not, but not, but, but not to be a good guy, so that it would look good to them. Oh yeah, he did. His, it was more of a job. It was publicity. A power play, yeah. Um, I'm just saying, in the end, he was being manipulated. He's not. 
I'm really interested to see how the next season goes. I can't believe you of all people are trying to argue with me and being sympathetic towards the... I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying he wasn't here, but I, I do like the fact... Now, the villain of the show is... is Elizabeth Shue? No. Billy Butcher. He, he's a villain. Yeah. He manipulated everybody and for his whole, selfish ass reasons. And his whole reasoning for doing it was completely false. His wife was Homelander and left him and went off on an island somewhere with the kids. Yeah. What happened was she's she in the middle of these hoes ain't shit. Yeah. You make her you make her think that he literally her death. his wife was raped <laughs> to death. Got impregnated. No, he wasn't raped to death. Was raped by the Homelander. Fear, right? and then, no, then had the baby and the baby butt burst out of her and killed her. They showed that hospital scene. Did Billy know that though? Um, I think the, he, he thought, thought he got that, raped and then, then disappeared. Killed, yeah. And then he killed her. That company told Homelander that... No. How did that scene even pop up? Because I'm not sure who they even told for that. He went to that doctor. And, and, doctor and the doctor was... It was just... The, them showing that was basically him telling the story. Gotcha. Because then he goes back again and gets the true story that she's still alive. Mm-hmm. And that's when he takes Billy Butcher. So I think the true story of the villain of the story is the wife. Patty Spivick, my my, uh, my late ex-wife from The Flash. Was that Patty? Yep. That wasn't her, was it? That was Patty. No. That was Patty Spivick. I'm not going to argue on it because I just don't know for sure. I, I know um, the fact it was. I followed her on the ground. With, that's when I started watching. I started on the ground like, oh, shit, let's still the boys down the boys. Hmm. I got to watch this shit. Um, but no. Oh, uh, Great movie. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, she was also in Final Destination. Yes. In Rush Hour. Oh, really? That Patty, though? Patty Spivick was fine. And she's fine to fuck with them, but now she's a hoe for show. And then, um, speaking of hoes, they, now also in that show, the character arc, arc of the water dude was actually very, very interesting. Well, when he got fingered in the gills. He, 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 he became actually, the victim. He became the victim, bro. He flipped it. That's deep. That's his name. That's his name. Because he got played hard on the show. Now, did he do something apprehensible? I mean, abhorrent, yes. But then he, now he sees it through her eyes now. Because he became what he hated. And then he got, he, he got assaulted twice. You think about it, because that lobster tried to fuck him, too. <laughs> Show me your dick. Uh, but she started when she sitting there fingering his gills. Ow, that hurts. Oh, he was powerless. He was powerless against her, man. And she's getting off on it. She was getting all the way off. I kind of got off a little bit too. Um, but Luma had the best arc. Yeah, and you don't, and you think it's gonna be a short one and not like yeah. not really the big of a character. Um, and like that chick who's hot with the deep ass voice. Starlight, Starlight, I like. Yeah, a lot. With her nobody having ass. You didn't think she had a body? She had nothing, bro. She had no titties and no ass. Like, it was the two top things you look for. No one. I mean, of course, she, she has a beautiful soul, but I'm talking strictly from the aesthetics of her visage. Which had on, like, the, like, like her whole outfit. Like, I, I this, I feel uncomfortable now because she doesn't have a body. She, she, she looked like a boy. But her face is beautiful, and her voice is great for like voice acting. She has a great voice, that deep ass voice. Oh, I'm Starlight. Her her whole storyline with like her being like basically like a pageant girl, but superhero wise, and then 
her and the fucking Huey were a cute couple, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Couple of the year. I was at that a couple of the year. Um, though, the character that I thought I was gonna hate, but I, I, I loved was, uh, the black noir. I wanted more of him. But, like, the black dude, like, who was on the boys. Because at first... Which one? A-Train? No, who, who was on the boys, like, like, like the... T- oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Because on the first episode, he was trying to be like fucking Denzel Washington, and it was getting annoying. Mother's... Wait. That yes. Was mother's uh, yes, yes. But then, like, towards the end, he, he was a good character. Yeah. Um, it, it's casted amazingly. Yeah, the whole team of the boys. Frenchie, like, I didn't think I'd like him at first, but... His whole arc was weird, because, like, he was fucking that hot girl, but then like, he wanted to fuck that woman, too. I like the banter between him and Mother's Milk. Yes. Yeah. And, and then you find out why, why they had the beef, too. Because typically, like, they'll let that shit drag from season to season to season. But, like, you like, see why they had the beef. Like, they don't like to get back together. And then Billy Butcher is is fucking... He, he, he's played everybody against each other to get them to do what he wants them to do for his own reasons. Mm-hmm. That's why it's such a good show because nobody's good. Because even the guys who are, who, who are the protagonists are not really good people. Besides Huey, Huey and Starlight, and only Mike. two people that have good souls. And maybe Mother's Milk. Yeah, I felt bad for him and the family when she did. <laughs> his wife and kids. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you're never seeing your daughter again. And it took exactly. things off. All he was trying to do was do what was right. Exactly. Um, I didn't really like the mute female a whole lot. No. That was actually my least favorite. I agree. But they need, like, a heavy hit on their team, though. Um, there was a scene with Black Noir I thought was hilarious. It was towards the end. Like, someone's giving a big speech or something like that. And, like, he just walks by, like, <laughs> just casually. <laughs> he don't care. <laughs> he was they give, like, fun. no reference to him. He just shows up here. It's, like, one of the more powerful ones. <laughs> but. And then, like, the, uh, the Jesus dude was pretty, uh, interesting. Eh, see, I thought that episode was kind of weak. That episode was weak because, I mean, how often have we seen that? Some people think that the whole thing about organized religion is, is phony. We get it. We've seen that time and time again. That didn't shed a new light on things we've seen for the last, for our whole lives now, essentially. Yeah. Since fucking Jim Baker. And the dude's like, I have sand! I like all the, I did like all the scenes where, like, they kind of show, and it happened a few times where Homelander, like, will come up and, like, He's like, Huey, right? And he's like sitting there. Actually, it happened three times. <laughs> it happened three times. Yeah. It happened with the uh, A-Train mm-hmm. when uh, he sees him. And A-Train's like, doesn't, like, it's funny because it shows him how insignificant yeah. he is. Yeah, you remembered him because he made a price at that part when, when he killed his girlfriend. Then at the thing we signed up on, on the paperwork, he yeah. didn't recognize him. <laughs> um, yeah. But then it was, was when <laughs> Homelander was like, Huey, right? He's like, you're, uh. Starlight's like Starlight. friend and has no recollection but then they do the same exact scene in the flashback of I think it was either the second to last episode or last episode with Homelander and Billy Butcher when yes. they're at that Christmas party yep, 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 yep. Um, and then he starts putting two and two he's like oh that's him from that party then I've seen him at that uh, baseball game mm-hmm. or whatever when he's sitting there staring at him why would he do that man blew up the whole spot <laughs> I'm looking at you motherfucker <laughs> You've been like 10 minutes straight tearing him down. Like, he did a fish stare at him, too. He's like, I'll slap you right in the face. Also, Car- and here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. At that scene, if he was so annoyed with him, everyone else was looking that way. Good point. He could have just fucking eye beamed him. Yep. Boom. Show be done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
Carl Urban gave, uh, gave me a gave me a beard envy on that shit too. The, that was a good ass beard. So the funny other funny thing is, I know season two is done already. Mm-hmm. Like just waiting to come out. I laughed when all of a sudden uh, someone leaked the trailer for it. Oh, it, it was leaked. Yeah. You know that was Amazon. Yeah. Something came up. Uh, oh, I think it was uh, Watchmen came out. And it was all of a sudden there was a new show that was taken away. Attendance like, oh, we got to get something out there. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, we got Watchmen. You got a Black Widow trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's not take attention off us. Oh, someone leaked the trailer for season two. But I also heard uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan signed on for season three. Of the boys? Yeah. Which him and going against Carl uh, Urban would be good. <laughs> Yeah, because they're kind of the same person. I can feel like a little bit. <laughs> uh, but keep talking. I, I need some more water. So that was my my one of my episode or one of my shows, and that was Evan's second favorite. Yeah. Um. So technically, whose turn is it next? Well, you haven't se- technically said one yet, so why don't we go you? Okay. Uh. You know who? Uh, Huey remind me of? Um, i trying to think because I can't think of his name. But look at that picture right there. And, um, fuck, I know you probably never watched Boardwalk Empire. No. Did you watch that movie? Did you go see that movie the night before? Yes. With uh, me and Andrew? Mm-hmm. The drug dealer? Oh, uh, Zod? Yeah. Kind of. that don't look like him. <laughs> His his fuck nerdy son or some shit could that that dude is a nerdy looking fuck. Yeah, he could have brought him Zadon to be the father instead <laughs> of uh, Simon Pegg. But Simon Pegg actually played the kid. I guess Simon Pegg was the original inspiration he, for he, Huey. You see the books? It's Simon Pegg. Oh, is it? It's seriously Simon Pegg. Never read the books, but Derek I've heard Robert. not nearly as good. But I'm going to probably try it out. All right, what's your number? What's your second so show? So the boys was technically my number two show, I believe. Let's go number. Yeah, so so my third show, and this was the one that was hard to get because I did want to make a statement with my sh- choices this year, uh, of, of of a dark based superhero shit like not this kitty color, this kitty cutter lack of blood shit that that I seen with Marvel. But my uh, third choice was actually. Young Justice season three part two I believe. Just part two again, but because that's when it came out this year I believe. Mm. I mean twenty nineteen. I think the first part of the season came out twenty eighteen. Did it? Is fucking that old? That old? That old? Or DC have that old though? It is, but now that you say that, I think it had to, it had to have come out this year, both parts of it then. Because Cause there wasn't a huge gap in between. Right. Or it came out at the very tail end of 20, 2018. Regardless, we'll yeah. just say Titans season three. Yes, Young Justice or Young Justice <laughs> season three. Because it, because being that it, it's, it's a cartoon, obviously, but it has a continuity from the first season to this new season, and it, and it is enriching if you're watching it from just this new season. But if you've seen the entire thing, you see. And again, like like we talked about on the pre-show, um, the growth of the character because it starts out when they're fucking twelve, and like mm-hmm. now like they're grown as fuck, and there's a new generation of fucking Young Justice characters, and, and it's amazing seeing that growth, and seeing that people who were primary characters before are sub-characters now, people who are small characters before are big characters now, and it's the only time I've ever liked Beast Boy. Really? I've never liked Beast Boy. I've yet to ever watch them. I have all the Young Justice. I've heard nothing but good things. 
probably top three animated series of all time. You know, have you ever wondered how come in comics and I guess in cartoons they only ever age the kids and kids become adults, but the adults never age? Yep. Batman's never aged. Yep. But Dick Grayson has. Yep. Tim Drake has. Yep. Jason Todd has. Yep. Technically Peter Parker. Yeah. He's probably the only one of the big heroes. Yeah. None of the big heroes age. But he's probably the only one of the big heroes that will hit him and Wally. Well, no. Well, Wally West, I would who say. isn't a rehash of a, of a different character, I'll say. Yeah. He's the only original character in Major Robin. Comics. Nightwing. But I guess so, he. Well, he's Nightwing's still not a top tier character. Like, it's I mean, a Batman. Yeah. It's Batman Dennison. Spider Man's, I mean, the face of Marvel, essentially. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, he's the only one that's aged. I wonder, have you ever looked into how long was Spider Man a teenager before they ter- made him an adult? Until Steve Dicko left and then, like, he went to college. It's like around issue 50 or so. When I so it wasn't just a night and day difference, like, oh, hey, we're going to make him an it adult kinda now. It kind of was. It well, kind of was. Well, they graduated and he did college for a little bit. But he went from high school to college in, like, one issue. Well, that's how it happens. But, like, he was like Tim Gray, though. <laughs> now, now he's in college. And now, but now he's handsome. He went from a nerd to handsome in one issue. Yeah. Oh, gee, Willikers. Hey, what's up, hoes? I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> I take all the pictures of the hoes. I'm sling that. Let me <laughs> sling my web in the air. <laughs> I got Betty Brand on Monday. I got Mary Jane on Tuesday. I got Wes Texas. That's my main hoe right now. I got her, like, all the other day. Every other Thursday. <laughs> Um, I would say probably Wally, Dick Grayson, and Peter Parker are the ones they've done it the best on. Yes. Tim Drake, kind, not really. Because he went from high school to college age, essentially. And now he's a kid again because of Bendis. Yeah, it's gone back and forth with him. Jason Todd, like, kind of, well, he didn't really have a choice. It just right. became. But the thing that's weird on that one is. He was killed as a kid and came <laughs> back as an adult. Like, he that's grown as a... Point. His body grew as he was dead. Well, that's because when uh, Superboy Prime punched that wall, it changed it. Although, I think, if, if I remember correctly, going back now, he actually resurrected, I want to say, shortly after he was killed. Yes, and then like, he went... And then was trained under Talia. Yep, yep. What, what book did that happen next? Like, that was like his own miniseries, wasn't it? Um, they did the Batman annual. I think it was tw- issue twenty five, and, and then they did Red Hood: The training. Lost Years. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> kind of like Spider Man, like Lost Years when uh, Ben Riley was there back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but Wally West, they kind of just flipped it. Like it was like teen sidekick, sidekick, sidekick. Oh, hey, look at now I'm the Flash. I'm a man. Yep, because uh, he left Linda Park. Let me fucking slap my <laughs> dick in there. He left the uh, Teen Titans at the same time that uh, Dick Grayson quit. They quit the same issue. And then Dick came back in Nightwing, but Wally was retired for a while. And then during Crisis, he came back as a kid. Flash then when uh, Barry died, he, he took over. So uh, the time that he quit to when he became Kid Flash for like two weeks, he aged like five years, it seemed like. So actually, I revert what I said. Dick Grayson's probably the character that has aged progressively the best. Because he was actually Robin as a... I mean, they aged him in Batman yeah. as Robin. And then that's what's like, okay, he's getting a little Robin. too old. Now we need to get him out so it's not two grown men going around. And then yeah. moved him to Titans. And then they were like, okay, we can't have a fucking uh, 20-year-old Robin. 
and panties all the time. Cause, yeah. uh, little pixie boots. Cyborg used to uh, fucking tease him all the time. Like, hey, look, like, hey, what's up, short pants? Because he had his drawers on and shit. Cyborg's costume at the time wasn't much better. And then his costume now was much better. <laughs> but, yeah, but... And then, although uh, DC's pushing fucking Cyborg on us all the fucking time now, his origin story and... Young Justice, although it's pretty much the same as always been. Well, do you think the whole push on Cyborg is... Do you think Jeff Johns actually really liked him as a character, or do you think that was uh, DC saying we need some diversity in the... I, I think it coincided. Book. I think that, 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 that it coincided. But uh, Jeff Johns has said for years that Cyborg loved one of his guys as a kid. As a kid, I thought that Jeff Johns was black. When he first, first came out, he was doing a lot of shit with black characters. Hmm... Uh, I don't know. I remember Star and Stripe was one of my, the first things he did. If yep. not the first thing he did. It was the first thing he did. Was it? Mm-hmm. And then he loved the Justice Society. Yep. Loved. Yeah, but he's the one who put Mr. Sheriff uh, to the forefront of that series. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. I also think they should have just done what they did with Supergirl, the TV show. They should have made Martian Manhunter. Black dude. Yeah, because... He doesn't really have a human form. He does. Well, he could easily he could transition that. And that's what they did, like, in the cartoon. And, and, and every cartoon he's been in since then, I believe, like, he's been a black dude. Has it? Yeah. Hmm. And Justice League, the first time that, that like, he, he was a black dude. And then in, in The Batman, I believe, he was a black guy. Maybe he's not black and Kind of they whitewashed Baxter Stockman and Teenage Mutant Turtles. I was going to tell you about that, because, like, years ago, we had that, not, not, like, we had a conversation about how, like, did they change characters? I never knew Baxter Stockman was black until the second movie came out. To the second new movie, you mean? Yeah. And you're like, no, he was always black. Yeah. Well, maybe I, re- maybe I was rereading some of the stuff, and what was in the black and white series, you couldn't really always tell. No, you, you can tell. He's, he's black as fucking him, bro. <laughs> um, but Baxter Stockman and uh, Terry Fitzgerald from uh, Spawn were both... Oh, I- that is a load-bearing book. I can't take it out because uh, this bookshelf should be up here. Uh-huh. But that one's broken, so those are load-bearing ones. I can't take it out. I got it at home. <laughs> yeah, but he was definitely black in there because he was undesigned to be like a grown-up Urkel, like they said, that, like in the back matter of that book. Got any cheese? I and can't believe that actually was happened, though. What? Whitewash him. In the 90s, they said, like, oh, we, got to, uh, we can't have a black guy on the show. Black Slances? <laughs> yeah, you make a white. I know we got some Ninja Turtles going on, but we want to make this so unbelievable. <laughs> you mean a black basketball player? <laughs> a black trick tough? <laughs> but a scientist? No, 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 no. But he turns to a fly. Doesn't matter. Well, that's fine. That's, he can be white for a little bit. <laughs> he can be a fly. Maybe a black fly. He's <laughs> a black fly. You swat him. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, and then, um, a lot of characters going from black to white didn't happen a lot, but like a lot of white people play other races, and 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 that's still going on when fucking Jake Gyllenhaal played played the, the Prince of Persia. Yeah, but you don't see too much of the. You see more of the white characters, black people playing white characters now, but you don't ever really see. What was the one from Spawn you were talking about? Terry Fix Fitzgerald, because they told Tommy McFarlane that we would not greenlight the movie. It, it was. There's nobody white in it. Which one was Terry Fitzgerald? Wanda's new dude. Oh, he's black in the comic too. Mm-hmm. That's a side character. Yeah, but he told him like that. Look, 
this movie too black. <laughs> this movie too white. Even black. at that point in time, I'm surprised they had a white spot. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> no, you know what? I think he had to fight. But we're going to murder him. <laughs> He's going to be burnt up. But I think Ty McFarlane has said that they had to fight to make sure that he was black in the movie, too. Really? I think he did say that. Interesting. <laughs> black. Nobody wants to see a black superhero. Because at that point, like, the like last black superhero was fucking Meteor Man, I think. Yeah. And Blake Man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but Young Justice is a good show because it also has a singular vision. Uh, Greg Weissman, who uh, who did, I think he was doing the Avengers cartoon with the ugly art that was really good. I think he, he he's known mostly for Gargoyles, which it was one of the best cartoons of all time. But he thinks about things very deeply. And he, and he had like a long form storyline, and this story, this storyline is very very good. And, 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 and even though it's about young superheroes, it's a very adult show because they talk about adult things. Because this season was about human trafficking. Isn't um, is Gargoyles on Disney Plus? Yes. You know, I'm think. shocked that's not uh, that's not a series that IDW has like purchased rights to, because you could have. Yeah. With all like the properties that they're able to purchase and make kind of a new spin on it, where it's not like super kid kiddish mm-hmm. or something like that, you think that'd be a huge one that they could do? I think I think that Disney is killing that show. I mean that that property for whatever reason. I think because like got beef with uh, Greg Weissman, but in the early two thousands, it did have a comic book by uh, Slave Labor Graphics. I think I've got that bit somewhere. But it was based on the cartoon, right? Yep. But. Because, because like a like some other show that I can't remember, or like they like they've done a lot now. Uh, the third season of Gargoyles was on ABC's One Saturday Morning, and it made a comedy. And fucking Greg Weissman, he left the show at that point. So the, the comic book was a real season three. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Good. It was kind of dark at first, wasn't it? It was real dark. It was dark and it had a lot of shit going on. That was it was a deep show. As a kid. That's one of the reasons why I like the show I like now, because that, that show didn't talk down to me as a kid. Because it's a small book. It, it's not the size of a, of a standard comic book, for whatever reason. It's called Clan Building. Maybe I don't have it. I know I have it, but I don't know where the fuck it is. I kind of want to find it, though. <laughs> uh, what is your... On that show. <clears throat> Alright, I'm going to go with the Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. Oh. I pretty much figured that would not be on yours. No. Did you watch any of it? Not one frame. Um, so, to me, it was actually pr- really entertaining. I wasn't really sure what it was going to be, how it was going to be, because um, when watching Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. it actually deals with one of the most uninteresting plots to me, which is the bounty hunters. Um, just don't really? find any interest in it. Really? Yeah. That's one of, um, that's one of, of a few things I actually somewhat like. Like, everyone loves the character Boba Fett and stuff like that. Um, but it was interesting because you really went into the show not knowing anything what it was going to be about. Then they introduce you to Baby Yoda at the end of the... It's not Yoda! It's not Yoda, it's baby it's Yoda, child. whatever the species is. The child. No, like, no possible way that can be the child of Yoda either. No, it's just the child, um, I thought they said. Um, but 
it was interesting because it ended up being more or less a Star Wars take on Lone, Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Um, but you kind of see as the show progresses, you kind of left wondering, is the uh, the child character... Evil. Uh, yeah, good guy, bad guy, or whatnot. So... Um, uh, at the end of the show, do we find out about like his origin at all? The Yoda? Yeah. Mm-mm. So I'm guessing that's probably being left till season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of cameos throughout, as far as like big name stars that came to the show. Um, like not, I guess. Well, I rewind that. It was not big name stars. Stars you've seen and know this shit mm-hmm. before. Um, but it had, uh, the guy that played Gus Fring on Breaking Bad, mm. and Better Call Saul, um, also from The Boys, yep, I um, think they, he's gonna replace, uh, old girl, it's like the main corporate villain, yeah, um, oh shit, is, not Car, Car, not Carla Gugino, um, one of those about. MMA fucking... Yeah, the chicken Deadpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, I always remember to stick with Ronda Rousey, but it's not Ronda Rousey. Um, but no, I was... Is she like a main character in it? Towards like maybe the last last two or three episodes. Can she act now? She ain't bad. Okay, because of course it was trash. I only ever seen like one or two movies with her in it. Um, but I liked it. It was simplified. It was eight episodes. Quick mm-hmm. get to, holy shit, first two... First two Actually, I'm going to say, I think all three of my top shows are eight-episode seasons. I mean, because eight is nice and tight. Yeah, it's a nice storyline. You're not mm-hmm. getting all that filler shit in there. Exactly. Um, it was nice that they kept until about a 30 to 40-minute length and time. I, I like when like the shows will have a set time limit to where it, if the story takes an hour and two minutes, fine. It takes 45 minutes, fine. But, like, I prefer a longer episode, though, like... It was uh, and 50 they, minutes to an hour. Well, they weren't all all the same. Well, sometimes it's hard because you'll like if you want to try to get, hurry up and get through an episode or something right. like that. True, that's a good point. Um, now, did these come out weekly or like did they dump them all at the same time? Weekly. I, I hate the fact that now they're going back to weekly shit. I want to. I like binge. I like it if they did uh, two or three episodes a week, so mm-hmm. you can binge some, but like. Anyone that watched The Boys the day it came out, you literally have to go a year. That's a good point. Without being able to see it again. That's a good point. Um, whereas if, say, maybe they do it within the span of a month, yeah, you still have a, quite a bit of time, but um, give you something to kind of look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying, well, because uh, there's one uh, show on YouTube that I was well, channel on YouTube called Midnight's Edge. We'll do like a lot of uh, behind the scenes. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like a TMZ for a for for a nerd shit. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that eventually, what what Bob Iger is trying to do is get John Favreau and like the, the guy who who did that show with them to take over Star Wars. I just want to keep firing people and they keep changing mm-hmm. all this shit around for sake of the vision. Well, I know they had the Game of Thrones people, and, and they got fired until they fucking opened up their fucking mouth and said, "Yeah, we literally did nothing on these last. Like, we don't know anything. We just kind of got lucky the first two seasons and." Yep. Uh, road coattails yep. the rest of the way. Um, and told James R.R. R. Martin that they could do the show better than he could whenever they were to use his material. Yeah. Um, 
I think Vampire's a good choice, but now all of a sudden that uh, Tiaka Wakiti is like huge. Um, they're saying they're trying to get him into doing Star Wars. I haven't seen that JoJo. Rabbit. I think the only thing I've really seen of his was Thor. Yeah, me too. Um, everyone loved that JoJo Rabbit, but uh, it was a comedy with Hitler in it. Right, right. Didn't really need to see it. Right. Um, so that will not be in my top. Did you ever see that? That sitcom from the 90s, the last like, like one episode, that there that was a Hitler a sitcom? Mm-mm. The, the close thing to it would be like, do you remember back when uh, Bush won the first time? And, and it had, that's, that's my Bush. Bush. <laughs> it was kind of like that would have all the He's sitcom the president, the resident, he's kind of in charge. He's got the whole world screaming, that's my Bush. It's only part of I remember. Yeah. That's what I, that show had a good two or three years, I want to say, didn't it? it no. It had a one season only, you think? Let me look it up while you keep talking. Yeah, um, yeah, but they're saying because this is really the only Star Wars thing that had any type of cultural impact in the last, probably the last two years or so. And people, It's the only thing that Star Wars um, theme that's been really, that has gone over very well. So I think they're trying to push everybody else out and get fucking... John Favreau in, and, and, and apparently like the guy like who was a, like his a, his a number two is a guy who like who knows Star Wars and definitely like like he's a big Star Wars guy overall. So that's probably the best thing to do because um from what I've heard me me not being a Star Wars guy as you all know by this point uh that the second movie was a mess and his third one was a mess mainly because they tried to fix it the mess that the, the second one was. Mm. That's what I've heard. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I mean, start. It's not definitely not in my top movies of the year. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the last Star Wars movie that came out. Definitely, you can tell there were areas that they fixed it. But I also heard Disney got their fucking hands on it a yep, little bit too much. Now they're screaming, "Oh, release the JJ cut," mm-hmm. which is getting a little tiring. Like, yes, and it's never going to happen. Why would a studio admit that they were wrong? The only time I've ever really seen it... Years later, probably, right? Well, they released the Richard Donner cut of... Uh, How many years later? 35 years later? Yeah, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, but then you'll have... Uh, oh, what was it? The Blade Runners had like 20 different versions of it. Yeah. Um, One of those war movies... Uh, yeah, wasn't it... Uh, Apocalypse uh, Now? Yes. It yes. had like 40 different versions mm-hmm. of it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong to have a, def- a definitive cut... I think you'll see the Snyder cut of Justice League well before you see a J.J. cut of um, Star Wars because J.J. hasn't come out flat out said that he didn't... That's not his cut either. True. That, as of right now, that is the J.J. cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, I don't think that either will happen because the other movies that, that we named weren't part of a really big tentpole franchise for for those corporations. Now, with Superman, S- Superman wasn't the biggest thing at Warner Bros. at that time. It, it, it was something they tried out. But these being two tempo movies, well, I take that back. Warner Brothers is so fucked up and they're trying everything to see what sticks and it's just said, fuck your continuity anyway. They might. Because, like, there isn't no continuity anymore, I don't think, because, like, uh, Joker doesn't fit in. Shazam barely fits in. Only because I seen with Superman in the very end. Birds of play, birds of praise don't fit in. Maybe we don't know yet. Well, uh, 
the Arrowverse, Christ of the Infinite Universe pretty much fixed all that. I heard it, yeah. And they included, short of the Joker, they included everything. Was anybody from the Christian Bell movie in there? No. Okay. Was anyone from the Richard Downer movies kind of actually in there? Mm-hmm. Who? Brandon Ralph. Uh, yeah, I guess technically the, Superman Returns was yeah, technically the scene, you're right, you're right. a continuation of it, not only because he was dead. So he played three characters in. Cause I thought that yeah, no, yeah, because he played the Adam he, and then he played Superman. His kid would come. Superman was that Superman from uh. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. I want to watch that, but I don't want to watch it on the CW app and have commercials. But I just don't want to buy it because I think it's like three bucks an episode. Yeah, it's five episodes long. Yeah, three, six, nine. I can count that high. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, though. It was That's good seeing all, all the tie-ins to, like, different references. Like, um, you know, Batman, Tim Burton, Batman universe is part of it. How so? They had a cartoon segment? Oh, Tim Burton, I'm sorry. Tim Burton. Yeah. I heard Paul Dean even said Tim Burton. Oh. Um... Surprisingly, like you didn't see the Titans were in it from uh, the DC app. Didn't like Titans and Swamp Things had like a little brief cameo. Mm-hmm. Doom Patrol. Now, from what I hear, the part I, I don't like about that is they put all three of those shows on, on different Earths, right? At the end, yes. I don't like that. Why can't those three shows be on the same Earth? But Doom Patrol and Titans should be in the same Earth, shouldn't they? Should, but they're separate now. Oh, they're separate now. And if you remember, Titans is strictly only DC app. Doom Patrol is going to be HBO Max. Yeah. Um, and they said it kind of made sense because when you were watching Doom Patrol, the show, like, yeah, they look similar as far as costume, but they had almost kind of acted differently from, like, they made no reference to Beast Boy when they did Doom Patrol, the show. Gotcha. So maybe they were different Earths, and that was just the Doom Patrol of that Earth. So not to say there can't be two different Doom Patrols. Mm-hmm. Makes your head hurt. It does. Comics. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, one of these days, I mean... But they actually finally put all the Arrowverse shows um, on one Earth now. Which um, one podcast that I listened to was saying that it's kind of weird that Black Lightning is coming to that Earth. Because his show is kind of predicated on having a fucked up situation for black people on his planet. Now, in the Arrowverse, there's there's no racism. There's no prejudice at all in the Arrowverse world. Well, it's just... It's the city he lives in, and I don't know because uh, they're dealing with the whole. Uh, I haven't watched all of season three yet, um, but kind of uh, meta humans in Markovia. Oh, that's cool. So has because I, I, I know that you said the first season of, of Black Lightning was too preachy for you. Is so is is, is good at least. Uh, I've only watched I think the first two episodes, and then I kind of uh, they just been building up, and then I kind of fast forward through the last one to see. If they, well, because he was part of the of the crossover, but I wanted mm-hmm. to see, do they even make reference in the show? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they do the actual. They show the Earth die or whatever, Oof. or he disappears or something like that at the end of the whatever the last episode was. Um, so it is kind of cool to see that all the shows are going to be, and they said they're going to sprinkle shit in as it goes along. Like, yeah, because Supergirl was had like some kind of portal, right? And mm-hmm. was Batwoman on any of their Earths? Prior to this? The only two that were separate was Black Lightning and Supergirl. Everyone else was on the same Earth. 
So Batwoman was on this earth already. Mm-hmm. So like, there's been a Batman for all these years that we've never heard about. Yeah, which is sad because they always said Arrow was the first hero. Right. I guess he's the first public hero. Maybe. But he was the hood. Yeah. And now he's the Spectre. And now how is that going to work? Because his show, his season isn't over yet. Yeah, two and more episodes. Only two? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so all right, I get it. Man. And the next one's supposed to be a backdoor pilot to the new show that's going to Marine and uh, Green Arrow and the Birds of Prey. Really? Or Green Arrow and the Canaries, um, which will take place in the future. With his daughter. Okay. I almost said something very on PC. <laughs> um, with Mia. Um, was Mia like his daughter in the, in the comic, or like, was that that chick? No, Mia was the, the AIDS whore? prostitute yes. that became Speedy. I'm actually reading that right now. The Judd Winnick stuff? The Kevin Smith part. Oh. That's actually all run. Quiver. I don't know what happened with Judd Winnick, but I actually like Judd Winnick a lot as a writer. I he never read his write. indie stuff, but I read his DC stuff. He has, and I checked like the uh, the uh, credits page, but for like last four or five years, he even put out a kid's graphic novel. Every oh, I did read that, I think, in the last I year or so. I did. Dude, these kid graphic novels are fucking taking over the fucking world. In my current job, I've I can tell you I've been there about seven months now. I've maybe seen people buy ten superhero graphic novels, but this fucking manga, these fucking kids graphic novels, they buy it's like fucking hotcakes, bro. Nobody buys superhero shit. I saw a list of the top ten released graphic novels of 2019. I didn't recognize a fucking yeah. single one of them. That bitch. I mean, ooh, that that young lady. Taryn Tamzinski wrote like that smile book. They love that fucking smile book, bro. Mm-hmm. It was like smiling and some slime and some shit. That shit. Five of the top ten were by one writer. Yeah, her. Like it was a series of yep, shit. Yep, yep, yep. But all right, I think I got one more show. Um, this is where it was getting a little tough for me. I think uh, it's my turn because you just did like Mandalorian. Oh, I thought you did another one. Okay, nope. yeah. What's your last one? So, so my top show is something that we also talked about. On the um, a pre-show, uh, but it's Watchmen. Watchmen is 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 the f- best live-action superhero story I've seen in a, in a long time, and it's it's actually better to me than Watchmen because some stories are better told in, told in like a visual medium. And um, for those who don't know, and you may not know either, but Watchmen show is not a sequel to the Watchmen movie. It's a sequel to the comic book. Mm-hmm. And nothing, because the movie and the in the comic are different in a lot of ways that are kind of important. Like in the comic book, Ozzy Mandius made that squid monster that fucked the world. In the movie, he made he set up Doctor Manhattan. So like people people who who have seen the movie like, what the fuck are all those squids in the show? But because it's based on the, in the show. Yeah. See, I watched the first episode where it was raining squids. Yep. Yep. And that's all I watched, and I kind of set back, so I'm like, you know what? I want to read... I never read the Watchmen comic mm-hmm. up until I'm in the process right now. I got four more issues, which hopefully I can breeze through. Well, there's no... You're not going to breeze through them. <laughs> that's a 40-minute read. Uh, maybe I get through one or two more issues tonight. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm hoping by Wednesday, and then I want to start the show up, because I've heard basically everyone... Anything I've listened to is the top ten... Um, has been going back and forth between the boys and Watchmen mm-hmm. um, for and not knowing which one to go. And I think almost they said, from what it sounds like, 
entertainment value boys. Yes. Um, from a story level to the point that's being made for it, Watchmen. Yeah, and to that point, that's why I don't think that, that you're going to like it. It definitely is a political show, but Watchmen was also a very, very political book, too. So I've heard people that I thought would hate Watchmen like it, like the show. I've heard several people who have the same politics as you who hated the show for some reason why I think that you're going to hate because it's pretty pointed and it's pretty evident what they're trying to say in the show. I know it's very race-driven. Even beyond that, it's very oh. anti-Trump-like because like, they turn from Rorschach, basically, his mask is like the... I'm not saying my religion, my political views <laughs> at any point in time. I don't know what Evan's saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Uh, I'm trying not to lose viewers. <laughs> the Rorschach mask is a Trump hat, basically. And I know someone that a uh, buddy of mine who is more, <laughs> who is very Trump support, uh-huh. uh, more so than anyone I know. Uh-huh. Love the show. I'm actually. I mean. I still put people in a box. I'm actually very surprised by that. Oh, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think about it. But it's funny because I also hear it's the blackest show a white man can make. Yes. It's, it's blacker than any black show I've ever seen. It's the blackest show on TV. Um, but I listen to... Um, Batman on Batman. Yeah. Uh, which Mark Bernard, when he's on his own ones, uh, Black Man Beyond... <laughs> <laughs> is what he calls it. That's kind of fat, funny. fat Man Beyond. He calls it Black Man Beyond. That's kind of funny. Uh, but he's been talking about uh, the show quite a bit, and he actually had Damon Lindoff on for like oh, a two-hour interview, um, which I highly recommend because he gives a lot of the reasoning, which states um, because he came out with the, the interview was actually like two or three weeks before the the series ended, mm-hmm. and he goes on to say like he's like you know I. I don't know how it ends, but I know he always said he only envisioned it as doing a one-season thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to do eight episodes. I end up needing nine to tell my story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is all I have. He's like, I'm not saying I'll never come up with another idea. And down the road, if I can, you know, then I would say it. But as of right now, I have nothing. I'm wondering, because I've heard it does end on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, fellow host, Chad. Mm-hmm. Um said that the other day and because he was kind of pissed about no season two mm-hmm. um i'm like you know i actually applaud hbo if they stick to their guns and they say they're not doing it with damon lindoff yeah i'd rather like it's an artistic vision and like this is how i did it mm-hmm. i feel if they did, was a cliffhanger that hbo basically shoehorned and made him do it i wonder and they don't know that for sure um, because I can't imagine you would do something that you think you're going to do in one season and only... It's not the kind of cliffhanger that has to have a... a, a, a Continuation? Yeah, because, like, some cliffhangers... Are, Was it, like, a cliffhanger, like, just kind of a post-credit type thing? Like, no. something to think about, or is it an actual, like... Something to think about. You're like, oh, I wonder what happens next. But not, like, but like, not like a real big plot point, because the, the entire story is solved. Like, everything they're trying to do is done. Then mm-hmm. the very end of it is, like, a... a, a I kind of major subplot that like they it's kind of like on um Inception when at at the very end that thing keeps spinning and it like then it cuts to black mm-hmm. or kind of like the last episode 
almost soprano when it cuts a black layer. You don't really need to have something that explains exactly what happened. It's, it's locked to, to the to, yes. Okay. See, and I don't know. Like, That's I, awesome. I haven't read. I've actually tried to stay away from spoilers as much as I can because I want to. I want to kind of go, go into it fresh. I have heard a lot of good things. Because I like you. I, I watched the first episode, but then when I saw that first episode, like this show is too complex for me to watch week to week. I'm gonna wait till everything comes out and then try to watch at least in some groups. And and that's what I did, and I'm glad I did that. Because that first episode, while it was good, I was like, what the fuck? Which is kind of good, though. Because they don't explain shit. They just drop you right in. I kind of like that. Yeah, I did, too. I mean, because it like, nowadays, people think the audience is so dumb, they have to, to force-feed them everything. They don't force-feed you shit. So how far, how long after Watchmen does this take place? I think, like, 30 years. Oh, like, is it? it? It takes place now. Oh, okay. So... That was eighty four in like six place like I think twenty eighteen takes place. And then how many of the Watchmen care I know Doctor Manhattan's in it. Yep. Uh Adrian Veidt's in it. Yep. And Veidt's storyline is really good. I heard it's kinda he, um, perfect Veidt. From, from the interview I read they like they kinda um they purposely did the Veidt scenes as uh Up and like, yeah, like the, how they do in the comics. Yes. Like, we want to do something, so, like, there's only, like, one scene with Vite in it in every episode, but that's mm-hmm. his story, and it's kind of separate. Yes. Leading yep. up to, I don't know if there's something that pays off with it. Or there is. Um, Rorschach, is the same Rorschach as in the comic? Rorschach isn't in the book at all. Like, there's, like, a... In the show? I mean, in the show. There's, like, a hillbilly cult of a, a white supremacist who put on his mask. Oh, Okay. I remember seeing the mask. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's the only two original Watchmen in it, uh, Manhattan and uh, Oscar Dates. Silk Spectre. Mm-hmm. She she has a pretty big role in it. And then this lady does not. She isn't an attractive older lady, but how she acts that's how you think the boy would act. That's also why it's so good. And also the whole bike storyline. The cool thing about it is after you accomplish your life goal, then what's next? That's what this story is about. Okay. And then. And what if you peak and you stay alive? It kind of sucks in a way. You do your life work. So what's next? Now, mind you, I haven't... So I'm in the process of reading Watchmen right now. I've never read it before. You've seen the movie, right? I've seen it was in theaters. So I know I know. in, like, Adrian's really the bad guy of the mm-hmm. whole story. Um, and I've heard that's kind of where it's different. Like, the whole squid shit's the, the big different things. Mm-hmm. Um, does it explain... And I don't know what happens to the actual characters in the book yet... But does it explain of any other characters from the Watchmen, like Night Owl or anything? It explains one of the minor characters that's never been explained in any other iteration. Well, actually, as a lie, he was in before Watchmen a lot, but but this this is not tying to anything of the before what? Watchmen series. Was I I, I I like the lie actually, but um, it's really big on the character Hooded Justice. Okay, that's one of the original heroes, yeah. right? And Captain Metropolis. Okay, but that's what that's that's what can be cool about this show. If Dame is gone, cool. Have next season be a completely different team, completely different cast, kind of like how they do on that other show, True, True Detective, anthology and, type. Yep, yeah, and Fargo. So have like next season's focus on fuck Night Owl or some other minor character, and have it set in the, in the Watchmen world. Because that's basically because this show it, it it's two worlds. It's, it's basically a show set in a Watchmen world. You can almost make it called Tales of the Watchmen because you could even go exactly. back in time and do something before where it's exactly. Like, yep, yep. That's a cool concept to me, and it, and it takes it so seriously. But yeah, it, it's two shows in one because one, uh, the chick from the Boondocks, 
has her own story, and it, it happens to be, be tan, tangentially tied into like the Regina King. Yes. Okay. To like the uh, old Watchmen characters, but th- th- they could have had a whole series without having the other Watchmen characters in it. But how it ties in, it, it ties in like three different ways. It's amazing, and it's one time where I saw the biggest plot twist in the show before I watched it, but I wasn't mad because then I could see like the seeds that. All the seeds that were planted for that big reveal, and, and, and like there were some good ass seeds, and her her origin is really good. The other guy who's like like New Rorschach, like with the uh, fucking uh, of a mirror mask, his backstory is is really good too. Hmm. But uh, it's definitely one of the well best written shows I've seen in a long time. It's a it's the blackest show in, in a long time, but. It does tackle black issues that I don't really care to hear about all the time anyway. But it, it's a good show. And it takes, a white man from the tree in the first <laughs> And you find out why. But I'm kind of done with hearing about racism. But because it's so tied into the past and, and then how it, and then it goes on to the present, it makes sense how it's tied. Because they make the racism in the show all make sense. And then it has little... So this is something that people may not have realized, but because me as a black dude, I peeped this out. In real life, if you've ever noticed, you never see a black couple with a white child that they've adopted. Mm-hmm. But in the show, you do. And then I was like, why? Like, am I seeing shit? Because in the first episode, you see that. Like, why are these kids so light-skinned? <laughs> but these kids are white. And, and you find out, you, kind of, you get a little bit of what had happened. So a little, little nuances like that. Like, how did Dan Blendelong even think about stuff like this? Because I don't know anybody who thinks about that type of shit. Can you never see that? And I, I kind of wonder why that is. I feel we've had that conversation before. We probably had, yeah. With a, a former co-worker. Which one? Carol. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, well, not with, but about that former co-worker, because... Someone told her that I said that, and I and I got kind of pissed, but I wasn't afraid of it. Like I said, what I said, bitch. Well, it's any type of like medium. It's always like, yeah, it's white family adopted. In real life, even. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I figure there's somewhere there's. I, it's probably pretty rare, and, and I well, wonder the percentage of it is systematically why that happens. But um, and and th- and there's some twists in there that I should have saw coming. Well. After you see the third episode, I'll say this, but one actor, I'm like, he keeps doing the same type of roles, and and I don't get why. It kind of makes me wonder. Not Don Johnson? Yeah. Oh, it is Don Johnson? Johnson? Yeah. So he's not dead. No, he's dead. But the reason why he dies. Oh. All right. Any more in Watchmen? No, that's about it. Alright, I'm pretty confident you haven't seen my last show either. Okay. Um, it was the HBO show The Royal Gemstones. I never heard it before. Um, it was a comedy that tackled, it, that starred uh, Danny McBride. Oh, yeah! Uh, John Goodman, uh, Adam Levine. Oh, uh, like the preacher or something right Yeah, there, right? tackled kind of like the televangelist mm-hmm. um, and kind of the take on or, or uh, not, well, organized religion and. Um, Profiting from it, which was uh, it, they done in a very, very hilarious way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you watch it, you can definitely see like the inspiration of like all the 
different, um, I'm trying to think, famous television. Uh, Jim Baker and uh, uh, Jimmy Swagger. Yeah, who's that one that died? Billy. That died? He's died. Oh, um, Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, Walton Goggins is on it. Basically plays, uh, he plays a character called Baby Billy. <laughs> Uh, which is literally Billy Graham. Actually, I'm going to pull up a picture, mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, holy shit, that's him. Why is is watching Jackson doing that terrible show about him being a single dad is so, it seems so terrible from the previous. Like, I'm just a single dad. I mean, it's so hard for me to do this. Oh, one. they're like, oh, he's a great guy. Like he's a unicorn. <laughs> yes. That's what looks so fucking bad. He's better than that. Oh, uh, I like Walton Goggins. I think the only reason is maybe so he can get out of being this typecast white trash uh, yep. podunk character that True. he always plays. His acting is so like he's his acting in the, in the trailer I saw was terrible. Oh, I just love my kids, man. I just love my kids. And their mom died. Like, bro, shut your ass up. Yeah, I didn't hear about that show. <laughs> it's funny though, cause. Uh, He's dating this, like, real young girl, and he, go, he literally goes, call, like, uh, so, that's, a what it is, is John Goodman is, like, the father, um, and he's got three kids, Adam Levine, who used to be on Workaholics, yep. uh, Danny McBride, and then the, there's a girl, Walton Goggins is, like, the rival one or something? Nope, it was, uh, John Goodman's wife's late wife's brother. Okay. So, when they were kids, they were, like, this religious TV show, like, um, like singing dancing duo gotcha. and he can never un- relive the past like he's basically he wants money like he and everything mm-hmm. so like as a kid he always went by the name baby billy um and like never got rid of it so like now he's this old man and he's dating this young chicken <laughs> he's all about like money and sex and stuff like that's all he cares about mm-hmm. he's like sitting there driving the car and it's like you want to suck an old man's dick <laughs> <laughs> it's funny it's I mean it's Danny McBride comedy if you like mm-hmm. like him but it's more kind of lowbrow than what he's done in the past like you know a lot of people he did Eastbound and Down for HBO which seemed very, um, very lowbrow so this is even more lowbrow than that maybe more highbrow I guess I would say okay um he always kind of plays that hateful character yeah um not nearly as bad as Eastbound and Down that's probably like the most like hated character I think you could play um but he did Vice Principals which was a good show was that like a half a season it feels like it was two seasons they, I mean they said specifically it was like we have I want to say 20 episodes he's like we're not doing anything else he's like this is a two season show and that's it mm. um, now is that true or, or is that him kind of like trying to save face no cause he said that well before they, um, it even premiered he's like this is what we have I like that. I like when they have, like, he's like, this is all we need to tell a story. He's like, I don't have any other story for this besides that. So were, were those two seasons, like, one big story then? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool, yeah. I like it. Like, I mean, they found a, th- a spot where they could break it up mm-hmm. to make it to, um, to leave you on a cliffhanger. But, yeah, it's just one big storyline. HBO picks really good shows. Uh, I, I know that I heard that, like, they're hurting because of Game of Thrones being gone, and they hope that Watchmen would be, like, the replacement for that, which I don't think it can be. I mean, they got Westworld. But that that show had the first season. I haven't heard anything about it since the first season. Second season sucked. Same thing with uh, fucking with fucking True Detective. Had the first season is all over everywhere. I haven't heard anything about anything since then. 
But for Game of Thrones, it hot the whole fucking time it was on. Up until the last season, everyone hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they do need their next big show. I think you're right. I think they were kind of. I think they were hoping Watchmen was going to be more than what it was. Yeah. I'm glad they're not just taking the cash grab for it though. And you know, if they did, that would kind of be po- poetic justice because like that's the same thing happened with fucking Alan Moore. Yeah. <laughs> But I think he, well, Damon Lindoff has gone on the set. He's like, I give him permission to yeah. do it. It's not like he's like, I don't want him, anyone not to continue it. But I guess that's what I got for television. So that's both for a three. Okay, so we're doing comics next and then a movie's in? Yeah. Okay. So our order got fucked up, it seems like. Because it's a me. But I think we people had the same, had the same TV show. show. So should... Should I go first with comics in, or do you want to keep this? Uh, if you want to go first, I got actually five, but I'm gonna break down to what my top three are, and then I'll have like maybe some, some honorable mentions. mentions. Comics, because I'm gonna say I know one of them is yours, so I'm gonna do that as honorable mention. I can talk yeah. to it. Comics was a hard one for me because, like I said, there weren't many comics that I liked last year, uh, and that's where I think I'll get into this. I, I'm thinking about dropping a, a bulk of my mainstream top two books. And either keep getting like a few books, and then like start getting books I've heard about. Like there's a like a Jeff Lemire book that comes out at Dark Horse. I think it's called. Uh, I could I, maybe it's called Harold County. No, that's Cullen Bun. But it, it's about this family who got uh, frozen in time or some shit like that. And like then like they they all have this weird power, but they stay in the house, and, and it's really indie. It's really really but. It's a dark horse, and like there's a couple of, of, of other books I've heard about for years that I might try to get, like maybe fucking Lock and Key. Instead of buying like all the super books, I'm not like even fucking enjoying anymore. But and I might change one of these because I'm not sure if I liked it that much. But first one that that I'll say, it, it was my second choice, and that's uh Savage Dragon. It probably only released eight books last year, but that's better than he's done in years past. He was doing like two books a year, it seemed like for a while. Eric Larson. Mm-hmm. He writes and draws that, right? Yep, right draws and inks, and he's really the only one of all those guys who has stuck to that. The only Savage Dragon I've ever read is, like, the two issues that he's in the Ninja Turtles Urban Legend. Mm-hmm. Savage Dragon was always a good book. Even back when I was a kid, I, I, I always liked it. But now, um, Savage Dragon isn't the dude that, that you've seen before. It's his son, because it also liked Invincible... Or uh, progresses. Yep, because it, it, it and, and there it started in '92, and now it, it's 2020 there now. Because his son was born in probably '94, some shit like that. Now he's a grown man. He has like six kids, and uh, uh, Seven Dragons dead, and he stayed dead. And Eric Larson said back in the day too, like in a in an article in uh, Wizard Magazine that he planned to have. Savage Dragon's son took over the book anyway, and he said that when Savage Dragon's son is a teenager or a kid, have be more of a kid-friendly books, and then like you can grow up with him, and like that's what he's done. And um, it's slightly political because uh, Malcolm Dragon—that's his name—he left Chicago and moved to Canada because uh, because of events in America. But now like. They don't talk about that at all anymore. It's about him and his wife. And the crazy part about it, for the last 
few years, his wife has been suffering from sex addiction, and he has to fuck her all the time, or she goes and cheats on him. Savage Ray? Yep. And then um, they have like four or five kids that got, have a set of twins, and then I'm finding out that some of the kids aren't by his wife, they're by some other chick, but the kids don't even know it. So there's all this weird shit going on, and kind of like a villain, a villain of the month book. To where the villains just in the book, but it's about Savage Dragon in, in their life. He doesn't have a job out there, so he um, has a, a fucking show like Fuck Meet the Kardashians and shit, so they have money. But the show starts to be about his wife having her, her fucking sex addiction. She gets raped by a fucking big creature, then that makes her sex addiction get, get, get even worse. And then he goes back and he kills that creature, and then the creature had his own concubines and wife in the fucking underworld and kids and then those kids come up and try to take over Canada so there's all this weird shit going on it's like a soap opera superhero story and also a sex comedy and like there's graphic sex scenes in there which as a kid I'm like I don't want to see this comedy but now as a dog this is just funny like there's threesome scenes in there like there's scenes when there's a scene and this might not have been this last year but there was a scene where Savage Dragon is fucking his wife comes in her he comes in her pussy and it comes out of her nose <laughs> it's like absurd shit wow yeah so definitely not a book for the kiddos interesting mm-hmm. but it, it, it's a really good book and it's pretty consistent and Eric Larson's art is kind of shitty sometimes but for the past year he, he's been back on point cause like 2004 maybe 2020 I mean 2015 he was pretty bad he was like not putting any, any effort into it but like now like he's his, his, his art has got a pretty tight. Alright. Also, Savage Dragon and his wife give each other dumb pet names all the time. And like It was like ongoing gag. Like she called like in a news issue. She she said, Oh, Crockpot, I love you so much. Like It's always these hokey, dumbass names. <laughs> she called him Crockpot. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. You had me sold on the continuity <laughs> parts. I like that. Um... Let's see. My, any more on it? Oh, actually, yes. Savage Dragon had like three, three kids. So his brother looks like a fucking monster, basically. But like he, he he's a nerd, so he wore like nerd clothes. Like he's a monster with nerd clothes and glasses and shit. And his brother is fucking his wife's mom. So, so their kids are like double cousins, and they're both pregnant at the same time. So Savage Dragon's wife and her mom are pregnant at the same time by two brothers' kids. With two <laughs> this weird shit, man. Sounds more like just a sex shit. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, that's about it. All right. Oh, hand me that invisible real quick. I want to show you his brother's wife. Is he invincible? Yes. No, no. Well, I'm sorry. This character's brother's wife. Okay. Let's see. Um. So I'm gonna say my first one is. Oh, it's hard. I'm taking one out of my five because I know you have it. I have four. Uh, I'm gonna say the. Let's look at this, dude. Look how fucking brutal this book is. God damn. <laughs> look. Anyway, I, I gotta turn this back the page. Look at that bottom panel, bro. Jesus. <laughs> this happened. Look at this panel, bro. 
He chokes his dude's deck off. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember that. Like the first few issues I read of the <laughs> issue thirteen. That's when it starts getting really bloody. Is it? Um, oh, I'm sorry, you were saying. All right. Well, I'm gonna say the DC Black Label book, Harleen. Yeah. Wait, which one is Harleen? With Stephen. Yeah. That's actually really good. It's a long fucking read. Yes, it is. <laughs> um. So when. I will say this oh, when sorry, the sorry, but like that's your brother and like that's your brother's wife. <laughs> that's whose brother? So that so this is invincible. Uh huh. That's his wife. This is his his brother and that's his brother's wife. A cockroach? Yes. <laughs> She's an alien and like he's half alien. Well, like they're both. Half, well, he's all alien technically. Cause, well, this is his half brother. But this is his half brother was on an alien planet where like his mom kind of looks like her. Then he then he was on Earth for maybe ten years. Then like he went to another uh, planet, and then he met this lady. That's how weird the book is. Yeah. I'm sorry you were saying. Yes, but uh, Harleen is the best of those <laughs> Joker Harley Quinn books that all the Black Label does. Uh so I will say this: when Black Label first started. Very hesitant. Uh, Batman Dam wasn't that good. No. Superman Year One was trash. Trash. Um, I think Harleen was the third book of the ser- of the Black Labels that was released. I know they did. They had like three came out back to back that all all were Joker related. Well, that was for, and then they did Batman Last Night on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, which that wasn't bad, but that was just kind of like the end storyline of the Scott Snyder Greg Capullo uh, Batman run. Well, Harleen was a basically an original take on the Harley Quinn origin story. Yep. Um, Harley Quinn meets uh, Profiler meets CSI meets Silence of the Lambs. No, no. Uh, Silence of the Lambs is the Criminal Insanity one. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, I did not like issue one of that. Issue two was uh, got me into it. I'm the exact opposite. Oh, really? One was really good. Two, I, I, I was confused. Oh, so tangent. That scene where that kid goes to school and like takes the pictures of that other kid is that Harley's brother? No, I think that's uh, Joker. I think that's a backstory. Nothing. It doesn't say anything about that. Though. It that's does the exact so opposite confused. of what most stuff is. The black and white stuff is the present <laughs> day. The colorized stuff, is, I think, is the past. I was so confused by issue too. I was confused by that too. Um, and that dude with the paint. Is that the Joker? Yeah. Because I, I was like, it looks like the Joker, but I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I think it's just a different take. Um, and then you got Joker Killer Smile by Jeff Lemire and Andrea like, Sarantino. Yeah. I like that one a lot, too. It, it's, too it's too short, though, I feel like. Uh, I don't know if it's three issues long. I mean, like, 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 oh, yeah, it's like quick, 20 pages. It's a quick read. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I like it a lot. Uh, but it's. It's a story that's been done in different formats. Yes. I mean, it's the, yes. oh, hey, here's a psychiatrist that's trying to um, interview. You want to know what it, is? it reminds me of? The exe- it almost takes, like, it's, I'm reading Watchmen right now. and when, Yes, yep. Uh, that, a black doctor. It, yeah. It works like, yes, I agree. Um, it's basically that story. It is. You're, yes. We've seen that story time and time again, but the, the most direct correlation is that, yes, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. That's the exact same plot. Um. But they're doing a good job with it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I love that format. Like 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 the bigger size format. I mean, can't fit like in a comic book box, but I put my own bookshelf. But like yeah. that, that those bigger pages, which is why I'm mad that 
the White Knight is, is standard comic book pages, and a fucking Last Night on Earth is, is standard comic book size too. Like that big tabloid size. And Batman, what? What well, Last Night is the? Wait, which ones? Last Last Night on Earth is like standard comic book size. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's like the, like the no spine, like it's glued spine, but like not like a bigger. Like, yeah. And uh, White Knight. That. That's oh yeah, White Knight is. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot that was a uh, black label. Curse of the Black Knight. Yes. Yep. Um, so I guess back to the one I was even talking about. Harleen, um, you know, gorgeous artwork in it, I thought. Yes. Although sometimes you can tell that he got lazy and, and like, the color saved it. Like, some of those drawings are undone. If you look at it, like, closely. Is it? Well, I, I was shocked that they were able to keep to the time frame with how thick that book was. Yeah. Um... How wordy that book was. I mean, it's about it it's so about wordy. an hour read for <laughs> it. Is. I mean, you. I took breaks. You're I took taking several time. breaks. <laughs> I went into. I took him the bathroom while I was taking a shit. I'm like, I gotta read through this while I'm taking a shit. My leg fell asleep. <laughs> I stood up and I almost fell over. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> That's real shit. Same thing with me, bro. Same thing here. Um. But it was just done well. Like I did not. I wasn't looking forward to it. Like the last thing I thought I needed was another. Uh, Harley Quinn Harley Quinn origin story or I mean, Joker book or Two-Face origin we've seen now the Two-Face storyline hopefully ties in because I read the first two like I haven't read the third one yet but it's the exact same Two-Face story we've seen a hundred times no twists on it really uh, in the first two there isn't at least it gets to be a little twist I think That's if cool. I'm remembering the issues correctly it's a little different uh, but I also heard they're doing a sequel they're doing Isley so they're going to do a um, Pamela or on a uh, Poison Ivy version. Which is cool, because we haven't seen that many different Poison Ivy backstories. Yeah. Instead of... They have three concurrent books right now, all in black label that are either by Harley Quinn and or Joker at the same mm-hmm. time. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing... I guess which ones would you like to see? Poison Ivy, I guess, is one that you don't see a whole lot. Especially how much the characters change nowadays. Yes. Um... With DC characters, I'm glad that they put on like the question out, but that book is not good. The first one I thought was, second one was not. Have you read the second one? Not yet. But it's all a western. Yeah, I don't get it. Now, to me, it, it wasn't good because I can't tell what time frame it happens in because it's just like it's the 50s, but they have cell phones and that always irritates me. And then it contradicts the 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 series from the 80s, which I read. Okay. Um. Yeah, but question be a good one. The artwork's in it's good too. Yeah, because Dennis Cowan has that weird art. As a kid, I would have hated it because it's so scratchy and shit. But mm-hmm. as a dog, I, I can appreciate it. And it fits the book well. And it fits the book, yeah. Um, um, I guess I don't know. How, I really have a whole lot to say except for with Harley. You know, yeah. check it out. It's I like the first issue told like her backstory of being in, in in college and like how she's, she's a, a good person, but then like she has, but she's kind of naive. And she fall because it showed it showed her pattern of falling for the type of guy that she shouldn't fuck with. Mm-hmm. So that tied into why she would fall for the Joker. And I like how uh, actually we so I'll go back. I like how like it, it wasn't an in, in, instant like fall for her. like right. He uh, she was part of an attack so like mm-hmm. you know she wanted to get her name out there like I want to be uh, big in my big name yeah. in my career mm-hmm. in my field. So she, you know, what better way to tackle it, which, and that kind of goes into the whole killer smile thing, like, you know, that's what, it's been done, um, 
they knew for I mean, it's up until the middle of maybe the third issue, if I remember correctly, like that she starts kind of falling for him. No, she gives in at the end of issue two because I read that uh, last night. Cause like he he said, "Oh, how long have you watched me sleep?" And then like something happens, I, I kind of skim over. Well, she still goes back and forth then in the okay, third one, okay. like um that like shouldn't be in like quit seeing him like where it's not like this instant mm-hmm. attraction. And I guess I like that because that's what kind of like you know when you did it in the cartoon format and the animated series and. When you did Batman Mad Love, like, like you had to do it quickly. Like, oh, hey, I met the Joker right away and fell for him. And this is probably my best character, character, characterization of Harley Quinn that I've ever seen of the little thing I have seen of her. Because mm-hmm. it is, it's the most humanizing of her. Yeah. You know which one I'd like to see? If they did like a, ver- if they kind of start doing like Stefan, or whatever the hell the name is. Did a series of these, uh, Red Hood. Jason yeah. Todd, like a, you do one as a, um, kind of like Robin, like the angst and everything, mm-hmm. um, because you really haven't seen a whole lot of that. They always reference like he was like the right. wild child, <coughs> Robin, which is no different than what Damian Drake or Damian uh, Wayne is. It's so like different, like in time, so and and like how culture has changed since then. I think. Yeah. Um, That's how Robin Robbins would be a good a goody two shoes. Now, yeah, I'm angsty. Although people hated Wick Damian Wayne at first. I still hate him on this. <laughs> um, but that would be a good one. I mean, I feel like the Black Label because if, if if DC puts anything out, they know if it's not Batman and secondarily <laughs> Superman, it's not gonna sell. So they don't take risks. In terms of Black Labels, that's basically like the new Vertigo, but but with the like mainstay characters, it feels like to me, it would be cool to have like a Constantine book that like gets really deep into. I mean, I don't fuck with this shit, but like gets really deep into the voodoo and shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, maybe like a Swamp Thing is like this really fucking dark and brooding. Uh, maybe um, like some other 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 less known characters, like maybe like a fucking. Satana storyline, I can see like so take advantage of Black Label because like you know you can only do so many Batman stories. Uh, stories. I don't want to see any more Joker, <coughs> Harley Quinn, and Black Label for at least two years. Oh, I'm sorry. It's they put three out at the same time. Yeah, another one coming out. Who? Batman Three Jokers. Well, it, 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 is that Black Label now? Mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna be the same form as uh, Last Night on Earth. I don't like that. I mean, probably because this book wasn't planned to be up. Black label like so. So meaning is not, it's not accountability then. It's gonna be up to the readers. Like it's, oh, like it's gonna be kind of like Killing Joke. Like maybe some as, as I mean it kind of has to be in continuity because it's originating from in continuity storyline. But now like they they're so fast and loose of what they do now. Yeah. <laughs> they just say that scene never happened anymore. Wait, was that? But that was New Fifty Two, wasn't it? New Fifty Two and to Rebirth because it was the Rebirth. Uh, it started in yes. Uh, yes. Dark Side War. Yes. It was like yep. when he asked the Mobius chair. The last good Justice League, in my opinion. The what? The last good Justice League. I'm probably really the only good Justice League from that Snyder era. Snyder wasn't bad. I couldn't stuff. get through the first issue, I was so bored. Uh, but yeah, the Dark Side War. That was, was good. That's probably the best DC storyline I, I personally read in a long time. Yeah. It's like a big storyline. Mm-hmm. That, that was good as fuck. Um, but yeah, hard to say. 
I know they're saying with this 5G coming out in DC that they're replacing, they're going to age all the characters and then rep- have their replacements come in. 5G is the dumbest name of a fucking fifth generation of heroes, which yeah, I think is dumb. So like, it's never going to take, But they're, and they're like, well, we'll always have a black label if we want to tell a Bruce Wayne Batman story or something like that. I'm like, for two years until they change their mind. That's dumb. I was like, you're going to lose a lot of readers. I see through all that shit. I wish they would stop doing it. We know it's not going to fucking last. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're insulting my intelligence with this shit at this point, bro. Say it's a story to start yeah, with. I yes. mean, don't, don't sit Because I think you're going to actually lose readers. Whereas if you just said, hey, this is a story we're doing, we'll get back to... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, now, I feel like that's implied now. Because you, you know it's not going to fucking matter. I mean, look at all the people that Marvel lost. I mean, Marvel lost, I think, a lot of readers from doing Sam Wilson, Captain America, uh, you know, you didn't have Tony Stark as Iron Man, you didn't have, I mean, me and you have talked at length <laughs> about this before, whereas I'm not saying they're bad characters, but they shouldn't be flat out replacements for all of them. Yep. Like, you, you do have a rich history of, in a viewership, no, not viewership, but a readership, mm-hmm. that have been reading the year, Years, uh, stories for years. At some point in time, DC and Marvel is going to have to realize you are not going to pick up new readers of comics, or yeah. very few and far between. We're on the probably the last legs of comics, unless of course, yep, the big names like maybe Superman or Batman. Well, like or I told that. you, bro, nobody's buying fucking superhero shit. Like at the place I work, dude, I sell a lot of fucking graphic novels in that bitch, and none of them shit's Marvel DC. Mm-hmm. Even like the like. The uh, DC Kitty shit, like uh, like that fucking Harley Quinn book, was is a the new young age one. Yeah, like they have kid ones and they have fucking young adult ones. Like the Swamp Thing one is for kids, the Black Canary one is for kids, the Harley Quinn one is for teenagers. But those sell like like fucking Raven one. That that motherfucker sells like fucking hotcakes, bro. Really? Yeah, but but superhero shit, nope. I think those are just original stories and not stuff that's built into. Mm-hmm. Years of continuity. But when did we get to the point? Now, okay, it's a problem that these new characters are are being forced to be diverse, or is it the fact they're doing all at the same time? Because back when we were kids, Green Arrow wasn't Ali Queen, uh, Green Lantern wasn't Hal Jordan. Yeah, but a lot of people hated that too because they tried that in the nineties too. And maybe maybe I just don't like the Coward. younger what. Kyle, I think, was and Wally were the only popular ones. No one liked the Superman replacements. No one liked the Batman replacements. True. Um, Hal Jordan wasn't really a big name character at the time, so I don't think really anyone knew. And I think they made a Green Lantern that resonated with people of that time. Well, aren't they making characters that resonate with everybody at this time, then? I think you're doing too much at, that, at one time. That's what the problem is too. Doing two, doing everybody at the same time. I mean, like when they did Miles, like Morales. Mm-hmm. You know, you fit, I mean, it, granted, it was the Ultimate Universe, but you killed off Spider-Man yeah. with no intention to replace him, and it was a popular character. People liked him. Didn't that Spider? Oh yeah. I mean, Riri Williams wasn't a bad character either. Yeah, this is a terrible name, I think. Um, but the best one to me was James Foster Thor. Yeah. And I think it comes down to how they portray the character. They made Sam Wilson a dick in all those Captain That's America stories. Um, so wasn't the Sam Wilson that people were? I mean, if you're reading the, watching the movies that yeah. you're familiar with, 
But and I also don't like the fact that I think they did it all in catering for, to the Marvel movies. Yeah, that's Marvel's problem. That's one of Marvel's problems. Yeah, I agree. They with let that the movie, article. let the movies exist in the movies. Let the books uh, be the books. Like yep. they literally started creating characters, knowing that they're not going to have Chris Evans forever. They, I mean, because at this point. They should know because back when we were younger, they always said that there's a, there's a spike in the books after the movie comes out. That spike lasts lasts for a month. It always has. So they they need to realize that they can have separate continuities. The only time in Marvel that I ever seen a good correlation was when Iron Man one came out and they released the Invincible Iron Man. Yeah, with but, uh, Matt Fraction and Salvador La Roca. But stuff didn't stay up though. It didn't, but that for Iron Man, not like like a top five book. Oh yeah, absolutely. But they try they re- tried releasing Guardians of the Galaxy a year and a half before the fucking movie. Yeah. It's like they announced we're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy, and all of a sudden they're like, okay, we got Bendis on Guardians of the Galaxy. We're taking yeah. the characters that are in it, um, and it was going to be more in line to how the characters interact. Mm-hmm. Now I never read a Guardians of the Galaxy book in my life before but that. But in the early two thousand, like. Around oh uh, what the fuck that big storyline I had Annihilation yes people was loving the book it, it was like it didn't sell great but in terms of critics people they were loving that shit yeah so like but like I was saying I never read this Guardians of the Galaxy story in my life so I didn't know any better but right. I kn- I know now like and they're even they've even changed Peter Quill quite a bit it's not that same P- Peter Quill mm-hmm. it's almost like a cross between the one that they created in the comics. With Bendis's run to the Peter Quill that was existing prior uh, to that. Prior to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have such a big problem with Marvel. Uh, DC. There's like ten books of Marvel I'm getting anymore. I, 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 I'll I know it's probably a lot for you, you and you. Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing exciting with Marvel. I'm, I get Black Panther. That might be it, bro. Like in terms of. Now, I was getting like a a Spider Man book, but like not the Lemay say Spider Man book because I hate Nick Spencer. And then in the other book, I don't like him giving fucking giving a fucking Aunt May cancer. She's been through fucking enough. Don't give her fucking cancer. Or just kill her. Don't even kill her. It's cool when she's older, but like she's still but she's still vibrant. I don't like her being all sickly and shit all the time. Man, like he needs Aunt May to be there. I think that whole storyline is done. Did she die again? No, but that. Friendly Neighborhood book is done. Yeah, now it's Spectacular Spider-Man, I think. That's new second title, I believe. I don't think there is a second title. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Then whatever that one was. Whatever the one... Uh, it was Peter Parker... Uh, I think Tom Peter, Taylor was doing mm-hmm. was done with. They had Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Then, I think it was then they did Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Yes, that's what it was. And that was the one, and that one just finished. And then, like, Peter had, like, a sister with... I, that's pretty cool because that happened in when they did like those graphic novels for like a year. Yep. And I've got that one and like that. I like those kind of being not in continuity but in continuity. But now apparently that's in continuity. Um, but yeah, Marvel. Yeah, besides Black Panther, I don't get any X books. They're too sci-fi for me because I'm not a sci-fi fan. And there's I get two of them. There's and science fiction. I'm about stuff. to drop one of them. Which ones did you get? X Force and X Men. I read X-Men, number one. It was too sci-fi. Did you get X-Men, like, around 100 when Chris Claremont came back and, and they fought like, and they fought the Neo? 
I don't think so. This seems like to be just as fucking. Dumb I started reading X Men with Grant Morrison's new X Men. Okay, so that was the uh, that came right after what I'm talking. about. I read it, read it sporadically before mm-hmm. that. Um, X Force was like what X Men team book should have been, but now it's kind of getting like too like eh. Um, I read the last issue of X Men was actually really good, and it was weird because it was the most un X Men book there could be. It was literally like a meet uh, meeting of uh, government heads uh, Hmm. with Xavier Magneto. I Apocalypse. Thought that, I thought that Xavier was dead. Oh, uh, well, did you read Donovan, or the House of X? Oh, shit. I'm snap. bleeding! Um, they have uh, gold balls. You know who gold oh, balls is? Yeah, so can, he died, but he came back, you're saying, basically? Yeah. No X-Men can stay dead now, essentially. Yeah, this is Which I did have. I think I was reading, I don't know, an article, but they said people were asking, like, what happens if like there's a character that doesn't want to come back? Too too bad you back, bitch. Yeah. It's, it's too it's bringing everybody back, man. It's too sci-fi. I'm not a sci-fi fan. Like John Hickman is a big sci-fi guy. I'm not. I don't. It's yeah. it's too fucking. You've known my opinion on Hickman. Yeah. Like people hail herald him as like one they of the do. greatest. And Trash. Like, Have I liked anything from Hickman? Like really liked. His Fantastic Four started out pretty good, but then it went off the fucking rails and too fucking sci-fi. If you go through and read <coughs> um, Infinity in that graphic novel format you have, it's not bad. But if you tried reading that thing when it came out, or just try reading the seven-issue <laughs> storyline, no, you'd have no clue. You have to read all these side issues that he did. The, he tries to make too many books that go into it. Yeah, and then I feel like a comic book... At the end of the day, some comic book. His dialogue is no one talks the way he fuck. A dialogue to me, that's the most important part of a comic book story. His dialogue, nobody talks the way that his characters talk. He's trying to do what Bendis always did though. Like Hickman has to have two concurrent books, and you have to be reading them. And I mm-hmm. think that's what X, that's the only reason I started reading X Force, even though he doesn't write it. But I think X Force is kind of like the book you have to be reading. But he does new. Then Hickman does New Mutants. Tra- terrible. And has the team. The team is full of characters I like. What is the it? fuck is trash? I don't care about them going to space. Who cares? And then you had uh, so Kitty Pride leading Excalibur. Or is that the... And uh, that was the Pirates no, or something? No, that's the Marauders. Or Marauders? Excalibur is Psylocke, who, 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 who's white again, which is fine, and other people. And I don't get why... I, there's no reason in the world for me where Apocalypse will fucking work with the fucking X-Men unless he's gonna be a villain and I don't care if they're trying to get all all this fucking unity. It's not gonna fucking happen with fucking Apocalypse. It's not gonna fucking happen. And then... X-Men's my shit, bro. I'm, I, I'm getting upset now because <laughs> X-Men is so trash. But we haven't even gotten to your first book yet. Yes, you did. Did we? Savage Dragon. Oh, okay. We haven't gotten to your second book yet. And that, that also was a huge tangent. Or... Was it? Was that your second book? No, I only just <laughs> Somehow I started with talking about Harleen and we got to X-Men. <laughs> that, that was a huge tent, but, but great to- that was great comic talk. Yeah. People, um, people come for our comic talk. They do. Uh, my second book, I, I was going to change it, but I can't think of anything to change it to, honestly. So I'm going to keep it. And I think it ended earlier this year. Well, it ended earlier in 2019, rather. 
and I think it was still published in, in 2019, but X-23, because it was a book that doesn't really tie into anything else. It's just a nice, fun book. Was X-23 or was it all-new Wolverine? X-23, because this is, this is after the Wolverine came back. Okay. Let's turn back to the, the X-23, and basically her and uh, her, her little twin. Badger? Yep. Who is hilarious. Honey, is it Honey Badger or is Badger? Honey Badger. Honey Badger is probably my character of the year. Really? I know nothing about it except for I was like I was shocked when uh, I had uh, Comic Con Com- Marvel Unlimited mm-hmm. there for a hot minute and everyone said because uh, Tom Taylor used to write all mm-hmm. new Wolverine and I was like I have no idea who this bad Honey Badger character mm-hmm. is and everything so first time that I saw her was in, was in X Men Red which was that was a good book it was a good book and it was one storyline too yeah I, I think it made thirteen or fourteen that was the last good. X-Men. Yeah. It's probably only good X-Men last 20 years. Tom Taylor did that one too, didn't he? Yep. He, he can write, but... There's and, some stuff, like, I didn't like his Spider-Man, but there's some stuff that's really good. He probably, I mean, that book might be good, but 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 the subject matter alone, I said, I didn't want to fuck with it. The Spider-Man one? Yeah. I didn't like the whole, alone, bro. Well, I didn't like the underneath New York storyline and stuff, like they were taking elevators to the center of the earth and stuff like that. That sounds dumb as fuck. It, it wasn't. It was probably one of the stuff. Like the DC st- stuff was good. Yeah. That almost made one of my list. Or made my list. I've got to um get year three, I believe, of DC Justice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the DC, st- but the essentially Marvel Zombies of DC Universe mm-hmm. was uh good, and they got a sequel book coming out here soon. Um, the whole same team or different team? Uh, I know it's Tom Taylor. I don't know if it's the same artist or not. Cause like the artist like kept kind of pushing to be like next big thing for like last twenty years, but he always comes and goes. Who was it? I can't think of his name. But he drew that Ed Brubaker book when he uh, first had Vulcan. Oh uh, no, I can't think of his name though. Yeah. But um, yeah, X twenty three is basically like a, like the sitcom of a comic book in the meaning that. I don't think I can turn my brain off and have a nice action story, but it all it had a good story because essentially about her and Honey Badger hunting down all the clones, the clones of them and the clones of, of like their father of a ring, and also it had a good storyline at the, the Capital of Golf about the about the separate cuckoos, cause like that one had died and then like they tried to bring her back, so like now essentially I'm not sure if if it's been touched on in the other book, but the, the separate cuckoos turn evil. Besides, one of them was good, but like, so it was a good dynamic, and, and then also like they're clones. So the whole book what was is this about when, clones. At the same time when Emma Frost was going back evil, probably so. Mm. But uh, they were they were at the mansion or, or or like whatever it's called now, and then like they uh they kept hiding like a secret, and then Honey Badger finds out that like they they're they're trying to resurrect the the ones. When it died, I think a long time ago. So, yeah, so the whole book is about clones. And then, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, go on. And then like they had like uh, this, this other clone that was Laura tried to tell her sister was just like a dead, lifeless clone is only a robot. But then Honey Badger because like, she's a little sweet girl, she fell in love with the clone. Like no, no, the clone is our sister. So they had a big conflict about that. So and then at the end of the book, Honey Badger makes. X-23 kind of have more of a heart. But it's just a good little quiet book. I was shocked at times that 
X twenty three is still a character. Like I have to. I wonder if they create her as like a one off character at first, and then just kind of well, someone that readers liked a lot. Or she came from the cartoon uh, X Men. Uh, X Men. Or Evolution. Yes. Are you sure? Because I remember there was a mini series that they introduced her in. That was second. For, uh, first, she popped out of the book. I mean, like in the cartoon. Really? They, yep. She's their Harley Quinn. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your next book? All right. My next one, I am going to say, uh, well, as much as a tangent we just got off of, <laughs> um, the ongoing Venom book at Marvel. <laughs> um, to me, probably one of the better monthly books that might actually be the only monthly book I'm getting that's on it. Um, by. Uh, Donnie Coates. Donnie. And mainly Donnie Ryan Segment. Yeah. Cates or Coates? I say Coates. I um, could be wrong. Um, no, it is Cates because it's C A T E S. Yeah. To me, if, in my opinion, I think Donnie Cates is probably one of the best writers out right now as far as like the stuff that he puts out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that everything he's kind of done is kind of all encompassed one storyline. Mm. A little bit short of uh, Thor, which has just had one issue, which was good too. But like, Thor looks really weird on that cover. Yeah. If you read it, you'd know why. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't start reading anything of his until Thanos. Yep. What? Which he had uh, Doctor Strange before that, so I don't know how yep. much of that, or if he kind of started all the stuff with uh, his ongoing story with um, Thanos, because he did the Thanos wins. He's done Guardians of the Galaxy. He's done... And Thanos Wins was your book, one of your books last year, I believe. Yep. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Silver Surfer Black, which trash. I thought that was trash. That was yeah. not one of my favorite things. I wanted to like it, but no. I like the Silver I like that they stuck with turning him into the Black Silver Surfer. And it's something that stuck, because that's how he is in Avengers oh, right okay. now. Um, so I will say that. Maybe some of it was the artist I did not like at all, and it was way too wordy and out there yeah. for me. Yeah, um, I agree. But, like, they kind of have this whole, uh, a lot of the storyline that he's been doing just wrapped up in End of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but now what he's doing with Venom, um, still having some of it being space fair with uh, Null, the symbiote god. Yeah. Symbiote. Symbiote. Symbiote god. <laughs> um, Fucking Marvel. Is good, but they've added a lot of elements to the Eddie Brock character. He's got a son now. Um, they just did the, uh, wrapped up the al- ultimate, no, not absolute, absolute carnage. Absolute I should have got that, because I got, uh, uh, was that five or six? Five. I got the first four. And like that, that first issue was really good, then they kind of teeter off me, honestly. Very weak ending. But it's all, basically you find out all this is is a setup to the next story. Mm-hmm. So this That's wasn't like this wasn't the pay, well the next Venom story. Okay. Um, uh, Venom Island, right? No, well that's the next thing in the the next. There's another big like Venom storyline that's building up. Oh, but okay. Venom Island's been really good. So they've done two issues of that since. Uh, From what I've seen, like it looked like some good Mark Bagley because it's not because Mark Bagley's he's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. It's good Mark Bagley, um, but like you know they added the element that at first uh, Eddie Brock had a brother. Younger brother um, that his dad beat, then you find out it's actually his son. It was who? What? Dylan. 
Eddie Brock's brother is a son? Is actually a son. He, he was led to believe his whole life that it was his brother. But his son's a little kid. Yeah. Thought it was a his dad had a kid with another woman. So recently you thought this happened? Well, he his, his family was estranged. Yeah, and the, since this run started, okay, he, okay, he went and seen his dad, and he's like, and gotcha. Okay. He's like, I can't remember if he knew he had a brother or just found out he had a brother. I thought you were saying like back like had, had flashbacks of him as a kid and he had like a brother. No, 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 okay. no. no, no. <laughs> How the f- okay, I got you. I got you. No, got you. um, so much younger brother. Gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, but then you find out it's actually his son, not his brother. So, but and then he didn't tell the kid that. So the kid didn't know up until I think the very end of Absolute Carnage. Yep. Um, so now they have this like try to the dynamic of, uh, you know, can he be the father or something like that? Um, but Does then, he have the beard still? The beard was cool. He shaved it for Venom <laughs> Island. Why? Um, but then um, Dylan also has control over uh, symbiotes too. And that, then that are on him or not in him. He can actually control the symbiote. Oh, that's cool. Form, um, and you find out part of Carnage and Venom is inside Eddie Brock right now. That are both fighting. Hmm. So, um, and what was interesting about Absolute Carnage? Uh, they had is his name the leader? Who was yes. like the re- the Ultimate Reed Richards? Yeah, it, it, it was cool. To, it was cool to see. It, him in there because that reminds me in the late 90s when Dark Beast and Sugar Man would pop up in a regular like books too. So there's a big thing with that what in the last issue. What happens? Um, you basically find out all this stuff that Reed Richards has been doing has been leading to him trying to recreate the Ultimate Universe. Mm. So he find out, you know the whole the Council of Reeds that they do? Yep. So they uh he's trying to be on the council of reeds um and feels he should be on there but because he doesn't have like his own universe he can't be in it that's fucked up and you find out he's been using or he has part of the um ultimate symbiote which was man created not alien mm-hmm. um with him and he's mm-hmm. trying to utilize that to recreate the ultimate universe so when is that going to pay off do you think not sure but they've had little subtle hints of re-bringing back, bringing back the Ultimate Universe. Has Donny Cox been handling that whole storyline too, or has that been like different books by different uh, writers? It's just been a few things here and there. Um, I want to say when they did the end of that Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two, mm-hmm. Bendis's, I think it was Bendis's last book he wrote for Marvel. Yeah, I think it was. Um, kind of teased it. Um. And then they've really hasn't done anything till this, hmm. which a lot of people are saying because uh, Kate's did that Marvel Knights 20th anniversary uh, miniseries. That wasn't good. No. Um, didn't have anything to do except for it was those characters that were starring yeah. at the time. I got amnesia. Who am I? Who am I? But um, they're saying that he could be the architect behind, possibly behind Bree bringing back the Ultimate Universe. Haven't they said that like that's happening this year anyway? Mm-mm. They've hinted at it. Oh, because I feel like I I, I read that somewhere like that like it was, it was coming back. Oh, a uh, side note, which is they keep it simple. It can work. Yeah, it's when they expanded that way too much it mm-hmm. became trash. And then when it's all like that, that works better than like. Tickman did one of those books too. Yeah, and it was trash. Yeah. 
That's trash. when it started becoming real trash. Yeah, when Jeff Loeb went it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jeff Loeb ruined it when he did Ultimatum. One of the worst comic books of all time, people still say to this day. It was bad. Yeah. Tried going for all spectacle and, like, oh, hey, it's the Ultimate Universe. Why would the Blob eat a human being? Yeah. That was stupid as fuck. Um, it was best when it was two books. Then they had that Ultimate Team up, which was kind of out of continuity. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Fantastic Four kind of started being a little bit of the downfall. It did. Ultimate X-Men was good up until... Who was our... Mark Miller did it. Then Bendis took over for a few issues. You got bad when Bendis took over, in my opinion. I thought it was bad at... I thought Bendis is... Because he only did... Who did it after Bendis? Because he did that... Uh, I think uh, David... No, um, not David Lindelof. They did that... Uh, uh, sinister storyline. I believe Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. That wasn't bad. It got good to me when Kirkman took over and he turned Cable to like the old Wolverine, had Bishop in and yep. shit. That was actually taking new storylines and twists and shit. Old storylines. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what I liked about it. And, and new concepts. Cause like Cable being Wolverine, that's brand new concepts. Yeah, I didn't want to see a carbon copy of everything. And, but I also didn't want to see it just as like. An ex- it's Ultimate Universe. We can kill anyone and yeah. be done with it. But that's the problem with those type of universes. Eventually, you have your own continuity problems. It keeps going on, mm-hmm. and then you're to keep fucking rehashing the old shit over and over again. So like those have to be like a two year storyline. Have one storyline in mind and keep it that it can't be an ongoing thing. You keep doing the same shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, there's something else that I was gonna say about Venom. But I don't remember, so... But I'm sure you're going to see a huge year with Venom this year because they got the sequel coming out. That comes out this year? I think October. Really? Hmm. Which I don't know how, because I don't even know if they started filming yet, but... That, that, yeah, because on our group chat, we're, we're typically pretty on top of most news, and I, I don't remember any news about it filming. I'm going to look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh! Even though I'm dropping all of these Marvel books, and like I don't think I buy like a lot of Marvel books... As a matter of fact, I'm going to grab my bags. Venom 2, 2020. I expected October 2nd of 2020. That's great. I've heard anything about them shooting that shit at all. But, um, I can still watch most of this show. I to read anything that sounds interesting, like Venom, because I, I read the first three issues of, of new Venom shit on, on, on like the app. What was cool about having the app is I don't care if I'm six months behind. I can catch up on all the stuff I want to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Marvel's number one. I got two pages in. I was bored as fuck. I heard it was horrible. But I do want to read the old ones that, that people always talk about back in the day. Uh, let's see. I'm seeing if they have any Marvel in here. A lot of DC. Black Panther, Black Panther. I got this just because it's probably going to be trash. It is. Oh, okay. I, I got Deadpool number two. Only because of, of fucking Chris. I heard that book's trash. I got two pages in, too. I stopped. But I love fucking Chris Bacolo or Chris Bacello or Chris Bacalo. That's the only reason why I got it. Uh, Turtles. Yep. So I have, what was that, four Marvel books in there? And that's maybe 15 books. And I've already read My Criminal Insanity. Uh, all of those Joker books. And then I might have some more in here because I read some too. But in in my last trip, Savage Dragon, Doomsday Clock. Yeah, that's probably it. But no, not that many Marvel. And I'm a Marvel guy through and through. 
So when a Marvel guy is finding Marvel books, it's a fucking problem. Alright, what's your last book of the year? This is going to contradict what I just said, but the best book of last year to me was Spider-Man Life Story. The Spider-Man miniseries. Mm-hmm. Out of continuity, but it's like the other thing that I've been talking about so far. It, it's what would have happened if Spider-Man happened in real time. Although, he did kind of stop aging. He, he was old, but he wasn't an old dude. Because he, he was 16 in the 663, he, he'd be dead by now, probably. Or close to it. Nah, he'd be in the 70s. And, yeah. Now, it didn't end that good, but the first three or four were amazing. I think everything up in the last issue was... And I'm not going to say it was horrible. It wasn't. It was the weakest issue out of the bunch. The the moral one was kind of weak, too. Is that five? Yeah. Like, last two were kind of weak, but the first four were really fucking good. See, Chip... Chip Zardesky? Something like that, yeah. Um... Who wrote that? And that's some good Bagley art too. It is. I think with him, if he has time and, and a good anchor, he's good. Mm-hmm. If he has a bad anchor, it looks like every character is the exact same. Yep. Uh, Kill his entire run, in my opinion, on Ultimate Spider-Man. Hmm? His entire run on Ultimate Spider-Man to me was trash. Oh, see, I thought it was good. But read, read the fucking Venom stories from back in the day, and see like his art then. That's good, Mark Bagley. Um. But yeah, both me and you read uh, Spider-Man Life Story, mm-hmm. and I think we came up, or we both said, it's a concept that could work well with X-Men, work really well with Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. I don't know many other ones, but... Yeah, but Marvel and... I think Hulk it, would be a good one, too. They could do with all of the big uh, Marvel characters, but the thing is, though, Marvel will fucking drag into the ground, like now they're doing fucking, fucking 2099 again. And then they have to do everything with the same. And then they just brought back the ends. Yeah, yeah. They just overdo shit. Yeah. Some concepts only are made for certain characters. And it's cool. If they did. Yeah, I don't more. need to see fucking Squirrel Girl 2099. <laughs> I don't need to see Squirrel Girl, period. That's a fact. She can be an a team book. Yes. The only good thing about Squirrel Girl was like she. To, as her secret identity. She made her tail be like a fake ass. The sad thing is, at one point in time, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl was the longest-running series that Marvel yeah, had uh-huh. because they had to keep starting over with issue once for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It hurts, man. I love Marvel, but they keep letting me down. So, so one book out of all my books, and it was amazingly written, and it had a consistent team, because that, that, that doesn't happen a lot anymore. And, and the artwork was consistent in all six issues, because what happens a lot of times, too, towards the end, those fucking deadlines start getting their ass. And they rush. And they rush, and, and it's, it's evident. But Which I'm waiting to happen on Batman's Grave. Yeah. Because Brian Hitch is slow. But hopefully, because that book is out of, continu- out of continuity, they got a, a couple in it, because... They never get a books in the can before they put them out. They get one issue done and put it out. And Marvel, like that's what they're doing. With, that's why everyone's so pissed off about Three Jokers because they announced it so long ago, but they haven't solicited anything. And they're like, we don't want to get to the point of Doomsday Clock again. Which is good. Uh, I mean, but what it, what they should stop doing though is announcing shit way before it's yeah solicited. But yeah, so uh, but that, hopefully Brian has had enough time and he he hadn't drawn anything since Hawkman, right? Which was like early, early 2018, I feel like. I think so. So hopefully he's had time to at least get six issues. He did that Trash Justice League. That was before, right? I think so. 
That started right at Rebirth. Yes. About four years ago. If you read those all together, it's not bad. It's it not good a, either. It was a direct continuation of his JLA book. JLA. Yeah. Which, good concepts, but... I don't know. <laughs> you know. Stick to writing. Or stick to drawing. Drawing. And honestly, like, his art hasn't been that good. This has been good Brian Hitch, but... Brian, Brian Hitch was best on the Ultimates... I actually prefer him on... In his uh, old school jail. Authority. That, oh. That's not preferring him, but really, he has one face. And that's and that's for male and yeah. female. It's the same face. That's just the word he... Yeah. But he... Um... But yeah. Life Story took all the important events of every decade and made it relevant and had like Probably accurate clothing for for each. It was a cool concept of mm-hmm. anything that any co- long-term comic book writer or reader has thought about. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how can this character? So even what we talked about, like, how do you progress a character? Mm-hmm. And it showed it. And then, like, the Ben Riley and, and here flipped, and then it flipped again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was cool good. how they did it. It was cool with the. And it, here's the only way I'll say that if they stopped it with Spider-Man, I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's the only character that Marvel's ever actually progressed in age. Mm-hmm. So what? And if they did it this way, like, okay, we progress them in age, but this is what would happen if it happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Type thing. One that could work is Captain America, though. Oh yeah, I did not like the. Uh, Cap um, subplot. No, the Aunt May stuff. Getting all senile and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's truthful, but so be it. And wasn't Doc Ock? Yeah, because Doc Ock had married her, right? Had what? Doc Ock was married to her, like in this book, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of kept that Norman Osborn storyline going throughout yep. the whole thing. And then like uh, yeah. Peter being like Peter and Reed kind of being um, enemies. Yeah. Or no, Stark. Reed was a mentor, wasn't he? And that's. But then like. Oh, Peter was actually against everybody. I think. Yes. No one liked him. Yeah. <laughs> Because he took his his intelligence. And I like that they actually made, made like that is the thing that people often forget. Peter Parker's a genius, mm-hmm. brilliant but lazy. But in, in this book, he stopped being lazy. Yeah. All right, ready for my last one? Yes. I actually had two of them. Um, but I'll stick with my last one is one that only had one issue that came out last year, but it was the. <laughs> Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles slash Mighty Morphin Power really? Rangers wow. crossover. Yeah, my comic book shop didn't have it. Uh, one of the most just fun, entertaining stories I've read. I mean, starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was before we started the episode. We were talking. Me and Evan were talking about, you know, the resurgence of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think they're trying that with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, you know, that was kind of right outside my age range and, and, and it's right when I started um so I don't I mean I I remember I've seen the first movie at least I watched sporadically some of the TV show mm-hmm. um they actually have a nice hardcover as the Money Morphin Power Rangers year run year one uh omnibus or something like that it was okay. like 75 bucks though um but it looks really cool and I like Kyle Higgins a lot mm-hmm. and I guess just like his love of Dick Grayson he's got a love for the Power Rangers mm-hmm. So I'd be interested at some point in time in checking it out. Yeah. Um, but this is a, just a cool, like I said, fun a fun story so far. Um, basically, 
Tommy has uh, gone missing, and you find out that he's joining the Foot Clan <laughs> um, in issue one. So the other Rangers go looking for him and then run a follow with the Ninja Turtles. Um, they fight in the first issue, realize they're allies, and like work, work together. Um, then you find out Tommy's actually infiltrating the Foot Clan to rescue a friend that got tied up. Oh, okay. In it. Um, That's a nice flip. Who then turns on Tommy oh. and tells Shredder, um, which is actually kind of cool because it's almost like the Foot Clan from the first Ninja Turtles movies from the 90s, that he's recruiting kids to be... Mm-hmm. The Foot Clan. What if Tommy's friend was that kid from the first movie? Danny? <laughs> yeah, what if it was Danny? <laughs> um, so he turns on them, and then Shredder finds out he's a Power Ranger and steals his dinosaur coin, and become Shredder becomes the Green Ranger mm. at the end of the second issue. So two issues are out? Mm-hmm. Issue two just came out last week. Is Boom pretty quick about putting out the trades, you think? Probably not. Probably, probably on Power Ranger. Power Ranger, Power Ranger, I think, is their biggest book right now. Yeah. I think, from everything I've heard, is Boom is the company to look out for this year as far as books that, and quality of books that are being Boom, low-key, have put out some quality product for years. Um, but the thing is, like, our comic shop, like, I don't mind doesn't get anything Boom. Koi's does. Really? Okay. So, those are my top three, but I'll tell you some good ones that I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Um... Something is Killing the Children. That is Boom mm-hmm. um, by James Tinian, the fourth. Um, that's been really good. And I don't know all the um, labels that do all these. Uh, but there's one, uh, Red Mother, that just came out. Um, issue 2 just came out. Red Mother? Yep. Um, God, there's so many different ones. So Red Mother is uh, about a girl that gets an accident, loses an eye. And she gets, like, an artificial eye put in. Hmm. And now she can see, like, demons and stuff through it. Hmm. Um, I want to say that's Boom as well. Family Tree uh, oh. is another one. I'm typically, I'm typically pretty uh, abreast of, like, the, 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 the independent books. I haven't heard of any of these books. I started Undiscovery, Undiscovered Country. Is that a Star Trek thing? No, that's uh, Trek. Scott Snyder and Charles Soule. Hmm. And um, that's probably Image. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, that one's Image. And um, oh, you know the artist. He did Spider Man for a while. Giuseppe. Giuseppe Camagoli. Yes, he's the artist. That's a he's not being eaten by Klaus Jensen again, is he? No. <laughs> but that is a tough book to get through. It's actually not that good, and I'm a Scott Snyder fan. Yeah, because Snyder and Charles Soule, like, they're both kind of uh, It's a weird book. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's people are loving it. Um, Charles Soule to me was only good on Swamp Land. Everything else I read by him, I cannot get through. So, hmm. well, I'm a little congested. Uh, but those are some other good books to read right now. Hmm. I, might, I might take you up on those, because like I said... I'm kind of on like a Marvel. And they're only like in two issues. I think there's two issues of uh, Family Tree. That's about a one. It's a family. I think that's uh, Jeff Lemire. I think. Hmm. Um. But that's about a one. Does he draw it too? No. 
Um, Phil Hester. Okay. Phil Hester. Hmm. Um, I have his artwork on my wall. You do. That's about a fa- uh, family that um, you find out this girl has uh, this rash, um, and it just keeps getting worse and worse, and all of a sudden she's got like this twig that's coming out, and you find out some disease that uh, she's growing into a tree, and it's this Family disease tree. that's kind of taking over. Uh, and there's uh, her husband who passed away, father, who she kind of wrote off, doesn't want anything to do with, mm-hmm. him, comes and like knows what's going on, trying to help him, but she doesn't want anything to do with him. So, but that was good. Dude, uh, Jeff Lemire has the most interesting concepts in comics right now. Let me see. I think that's what it is. Family. Yep, it is. Tree comic. Black Hammer is a book that that I was talking about before we started. Okay. I, I heard that's really fucking good. And that's also, yeah, I haven't read anything bad by Jeff Lemire besides Astonishing X-Men. What you wrote about Astonishing X-Men? That's when Colossus had a beard. And, like, their mansion was in um, the Banff universe. Oh, yeah. When all the X-Men was trash? Mm-hmm. Like, trash well, wor- <laughs> trash is worse than it is now? I don't know if it's worse than it is now. <laughs> but that's the only bad thing about him I've ever read. His, his fucking Green Arrow was good. His fucking Wolverine was good. His fucking... Any books are good. Let's read them on there. That's Jeremy Hahn. Never heard of him. He did some Batman. Like he, he's a writer artist. He did like a lot of Batman in like the early two thousands. Drawing. Yep. And then he did a book at Image about uh, I think it was like sex being a drug or some shit. No, beauty was a drug or some shit. That that also looked really good. Um. Okay, so then we did our comics. So now the grand finale of our best of 2019, best of the last year of a decade, is going to be movies. So who's going first, Mario? Um, I can go first. All right. What is your first one? Second. Yep. Um, my first one. I see. I had four here. I'm gonna try to narrow it down. I'm gonna say Brightburn. That's one of mine too. Is it? Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess we both get this out of the yeah, way. Tag team it. All right. Cause I got no order. Um, Brightburn was a cool concept. Cool Have concept. Seen before when um, yeah, it was. And Superman Red Sun. Yeah. <laughs> but done is for the first time is like a horror. Yes. Story. Mm-hmm. Um, movie by. Oh. Uh, What's By the name? dude from uh fucking um James Gunn produced yes. it. Yes. Yep. I don't know who directed it, but essentially, yeah, it's the Superman story. It's super not Superman, Superboy story, or the origin of Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. All different names and everything, but done like pretty what, much verbatim though. Beat, yeah. Beat for beat. What happens if? I'm not gonna say he didn't grow up with the morals and stuff like that because he did. What if he, he had good parents. Evil, uh, uh, evil uh, planet. Yeah. Well, at times, say Krypton's kind of depicted as evil too, but just True. what what happens if he's if he's not able to take on those uh, beliefs and morals that his parents teach him, mm-hmm. and is just led by greed, lust, anger, evil. Yeah, he, he, he basically it's like just seven evil. deadly sins thrown yeah. a little kid with powers. He's basically just an evil little prick. Yeah, 
he finds out he has powers and want, how can he abuse that to make himself mm-hmm. above everyone else? And he was a stalker, that little bitch. Mm-hmm. He was stalking her. Yeah, that was creepy. I felt uncomfortable watching the movie how creepy he was. When uh, she pushes him down or trips or whatever and he, like, teacher orders him to help her up. And, that, I was and creeped he out. fucking crushes his hand. <laughs> I was creeped out. But I will say this, that movie had some of the most disturbing scenes yes. that I've seen in any movie. Yes, agreed. Two come to mind. Agreed. There's a scene where, that's in the trailer, um, but ladies walking around this diner, he turns the lights off, oh. fucking all of a sudden she's looking up and hears some noise and the lights and the glass shatter yeah, and fucking man. glass goes Cuts sticking right into her eyeball. And then not only do you see it, she has to pull it out. I'm trying to think about it. I'm getting I'm shivering. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting queasy in my stomach. Just wondering what that would be like to have to pull a shard of glass out of your that big. It, it, yeah, it was a big fucking shard. And then you're trying to look, and all you see is red tip. Oh, oh, show that lens of trying to see out of that eye. And that then, movie was shot beautifully. And, and the pacing of the movie, it was so tight. The, the pacing was so yeah, tight. That's quick. It's a quick hour and a half movie. But they get everything in. Yeah. They get all their shit in. And then, like, his mom, his mom was the only person. Though, the, the funny part when, like, dad was like, you know what, men's go on? Like, oh, um, how about you and me to have, like, a camping trip? Cool, dad. And then tries to shoot him. <laughs> tries to shoot his own son. <laughs> Man, not my son. It's an abomination. <laughs> but then when, they drop, when he picks up that truck yeah. with his uncle or whatever. Yeah. And then drops it. And you see that jaw just... <laughs> I hit close to home because my jaw busted one when I was younger. <laughs> my jaw cracked completely down. Oh, really? Yeah, I got a metal plate right there. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a car accident. My jaw was literally hanging. Oh, man. Not yeah. as bad as in that movie. Right, <laughs> because you're still alive and well. Yeah. His uncle was dead, I believe, yeah. at that point, right? Um, I definitely would like to see a sequel. I don't know if it did well enough, but... It didn't. But they set up a sequel in the end. Oh... <laughs> Although it, some you might have left at that part, but like the end of the movie had had a newscast, and, and as, as the credits were coming on, they kept saying, "Oh, we found this person like in, in the fucking yeah. ocean was doing this on like found like an Amazon woman." It's basically the whole Justice League that 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 like they spoke about in, in the last part of the movie. And it was a quasi sequel in the same instance that Split yes. was a sequel to Unbreakable. To uh, was that that shit? What Rain Rain Wilson, Wilson, Yeah, which was a creepy movie too. Never seen it. It's not bad. It, I, it's so, I think they just showed like a reference like that was another character. So it was mm-hmm. kind of set in the same universe. Um, I don't know. It might be one of those things I think it was cheaply done. Yeah. I mean, it shows you can do a great movie with great effects that, that looks high budget in 2018 on, on, on a low budget. Yeah. Um, I agree. And also, it's a superhero story that's not for fucking kids. Yeah. In an original superhero yes, story. Well, kind of original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it, 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 I like it so much because it's so it's it's everything that the Marvel movies aren't anymore. Because I uh, here's a spoiler: I don't have any Marvel movies on my top three. But yeah, this is a Mar this is a superhero movie that's made for adults. It has a different tone than having everything have the same fucking tone. Whether it's Black Widow, whether it's Spider Man, whether it's the Avengers, same fucking tone. This had its own tone that was dark. And it was graphic, and and, and it, it it took the superhero genre and showed that it's a genre not a and took superhero medium rather, so that it's a medium not a genre. Mm-hmm. It's just all the same shit. That's what I liked it the most. All right. All right. So then I guess since, since you probably went up, up but we tag teamed it, I'll go again. All right. So my next one, which I think was technically no that 
this is my number two because uh, Brightburn was number three. So my number two is John Wick Parabellum, whatever the fuck it was called. Uh, John Wick 3. Okay. Great movie. Uh, again, not really much. Well, actually, now the John Wick stories are getting more story involved. Because the first one was just a big ass action scene that worked. This one has a pretty involved story. And I like that each movie happens seconds after like one ends. I've it's, only seen the first one. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. Uh, now, the third one, the first movie <laughs> was very grounded in terms of action. This one gets a little bit over the top because he, he kills a dude with a book. But it's really good. And then, like, this one, he goes all over the fucking world. So, you, like, you find out more about their whole little clan, clan of fucking assassins and shit. It had a good Halle Berry scene, which I haven't seen in probably 20 years. Didn't they say she was the main character? She's only in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, but I'm glad because he doesn't need a partner for the whole movie anyway. Yeah. She, she's just like fucking Lawrence Fishburne or like the other black dude in the hotel or like the short dude. I like how they, when that movie came out, they said that it was like, this is the third part of the trilogy. We're done. Oh, no, we're just talking. talks. Yeah. <laughs> we set it up. We threw an Easter egg in there to set it up and, for the fourth one. They definitely set up for more movies. I now. think they're working on it. Well, now he, I think it's coming out. Well, he said he's in such high demand because of these movies, like have shot him back up, um, that his schedule is so booked because they want him for Marvel movies. Yep. He's got Bill and Ted. He's yep. got this. I think there's another franchise that he's. I know that that one movie did about like the family and shit. Bomb like a motherfucker. Which one? It was like a sci-fi movie where you play a doctor and the whole family dies doing like those kind of experiments bring them back to life but like, then they come back to life like it's evil creatures and some shit. I don't remember. It came, it came and went because mm. it, it was so fucking bad. I'm interested to see how Bill and Ted I have no saved the Ted. universe or whatever. I have no interest in Bill and Ted whatsoever. Those movies... It's funny because everything you see online whenever they talk about it people are like wanting this movie to come out like oh I can't wait you know they need to do it like we're super excited but it's also like anytime they come out with a movie that's a sequel that long after or anytime there's a sequel that comes out a substantial amount of time they always flop yeah which makes me concerned for because I number two America or the fact that they I heard that's gonna be PG-13 that's gonna be the problem um but that if that comes out before in the next couple of months, it should be good. Because, like, Eddie's still hot right now because, like, being on that Seinfeld show. That's And then, oof, that might be a little too late. And this, now, especially if it came out, say, April. Because, like, it's off the hills of him being on that on Seinfeld show, being on SNL. And then after Bad Boys 2 came out, because it's, like, popular black people, like, and mm-hmm. then old franchises. That was perfect time. Because apparently Bad Boys 3 is, is doing really good. It says it's the best of the franchise. I mean, one isn't really that good. It, it, was, it was good because of Mark Lawrence and uh, Will Smith, but the actual story... I like them both. It, it wasn't good. I'm going to go see it. Maybe I have no interest in it. Because I don't like... 2020, I don't like either one of those actors. Mm. And I think it's been too long... Because uh, two came out in high school, I believe. I like... It was a media play. I was a media play in, tw- in, in 2005, but... Like, I think it might have been 2005. It was like 14 years ago, I think. I know, because uh, it came out, I want to say like 2002. See if I'm right. Hey, Google, when did Bad Boys 2 come out? Let's see what's going on. Bad Boys 2 was released in the United States of America on July 18, 2003. 2003. 
So I was in 11th grade. Huh. 17 years later. 17 years later. That's way too fucking long. Wolfsuff's career had to fucking go down in the tubes to where him, to where him and Martin Lawrence are equal again for him to say, yes, I'll do it. Well, Will Smith decided to get out of the fact, like, he was the summer blockbuster hit movie. And then I think he got like, oh, I need to make awards or something like yep. that. I need to yep. get out of this. Stay to what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I have no interest in seeing it. I have heard it like this good, but I, I don't give a fuck. But, um, what were you? Oh, John Wick Chapter 3. Yeah, so so they uh, did ramp up the actions because you have to, like, you can't have the same action you had in the previous movie. Like, it all has to be ramped up. But in terms of a third movie, it, and like a trilogy, as we've said time and time again, that typically the worst one, mm-hmm. this one isn't. Did they're we, all pretty. One's the best, but two and three are pretty equal. I thought at one point in time you said the third one was the best one. I may have, but now in, in hindsight, one is still the best one because I rewatched one pretty recently. So is this a series that needs a fourth, or should they have ended it in three? It's a series that, that I think can keep going probably till four or five. See, to me, with movies, I'm a person like, it should be a set of three. If you're going to do four, you better start doing four, five, six. Yeah. Unless you get into ten, like Fast and the Furious. That's if they're actually trying to do a trilogy versus a series, or a, silly, a series of trilogies. I think this is just trying to do a series now. That's why it's chapter one, two, and three now. Yeah. So, yeah, like a film series, like, like fucking James Bond. True. That's how John Wick can be, but I, I don't want to see 37 of them or someone else playing a uh, playing John Wick. Oh, but speaking of John Wick, the John Wick comic book was trash. Was it? And from Grant Pack, it's, it's typically pretty good. He is, but then I find he's hit or miss. Yep. Especially when he tries to put too much. No, no, no. This 2020, like, I won't say that. Everybody. All right. <laughs> uh, what is your next one? Uh, my next one is Netflix The Irishman. Really? Oh, uh, 17 hours of it. Three and a half. That movie might be about getting close to how long this podcast episode <laughs> is right now. Um, no, it's a Martin Scorsese's uh, gangster. Uh, Opus. Magna, yeah, Opus. Is, <laughs> like, you know, people have been saying, like, that, you know, those are the best movies that Scorsese's ever done. You got Goodfellas, Casino, uh, Beat Street. How about Streets. the one with the uh, lizard? But the cartoon when he <laughs> What? I didn't call Ringo. He didn't do that. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. To the Googles. And I think it's Ringo. Some, yeah. I know Johnny Depp was in it. We're looking this up, guys. And Gore Verbinski did it. Oh. Well, I'm wrong. I said he did Hugo. Yes. Which was also a cartoon, part, right? Yeah. But like realistically, to the point where you're watching, you're like, I don't know if this is cartoon or like, real life. Like the Tom Hanks one about the fucking Christmas train. More. Oof. Because that Tom Hanks one was creepy. Like to the point, like they make, like why did they animate this <laughs> instead of just using real life? Because the animated characters look like the real life. Yeah. Um. But no, it's got De Niro. It's got Pacino. It's got Joe Pesci. It's the. Fourth movie of all time that has both De Niro and Pacino in it together, mm-hmm. 
but really the first movie that they actually maybe the second one that they actually interact with each other mm. they originally got father part two but uh de niro's in the past the yep. scenes uh pacino's in the present they were in heat uh michael mann's movie from 94 if i remember Something correctly like that, yeah um but i guess been years since i've seen it if i remember correctly they had one maybe two scenes together because mm-hmm. uh, one was cop one was the bank robber um they were in another movie in the early 2000s that came and went in theaters. and The one that 50 Cent was in? Yes. Oh, God. Righteousness? Something like that. Righteous Kill. Righteous Kill. Yeah. The, the most forgettable movie, I think. One of the most forgettable movies I think you can see. Cause yeah, that I was see, pretty forgettable, too. I saw it in theaters, and you sit there think it's going to be sweet. It's not. Um, but this one was good. It had definitely, um, you know, great special effects. Uh between Marvel and what this is showing, how well you can actually like mm-hmm. show age and stuff like that, where you don't have to sit there and cast someone else to play a younger version of a character. But I heard that like he moved like an old man still. Uh, I'm gonna run and catch you. I'm 20 years old. Uh, give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. At times, uh, there were. Definitely, some of them are showing their age. Joe Pesci. How much? How much of the movie was him being younger? Ah, uh, like a third of it was like a couple of scenes. It's hard because it's different. It's not just two different time periods, like old and young. Mm-hmm. It breaks it up into different parts, and it kind of jumps mm-hmm. over a little bit. Um, but I'd say it shows them younger, progressively getting a little bit older up until okay, like gotcha. the death of Hoffa, which was the Late oh, 60s, 60s, early 70s. Ish. Um, and then there's a few scenes where they obviously age him to even past where he's at now. Um, where he's old, old. Um, but it was, it, yes, it's a long movie, but it goes by fast once <laughs> you start sitting down and watching it. Um, definitely have to invest a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a drama more than anything else, but definitely a great story. I heard that, like, uh, well, I don't, I, I haven't heard, I saw on Instagram, like, there was a, um, a, uh, a viewing order f- for the movie, like, so it broke it into four episodes, essentially, like, like it, yeah, so you can actually break it yeah. down and, uh, if you don't have the time, mm-hmm. If I ever decided to watch it, was I, I probably won't. That's how I would do it because I, I doubt I would have three and a half hours to sit down and do the same thing. You just said you've pulled up instead of binging eight hours of show, you pulled up three episodes where you can watch them back to back. That's three hours. That's a good point. But I get, I don't want to say anxiety, but I have a hard time sitting through. Like I have to get up, and I even yeah. then, I watch it on thick. Thanksgiving Day, so like I got through the first like two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and then had to stop, and then came back and watched it, finished it later on. Because I mean, because like to the same tone, I, I read four books at the same time. Like I read like four like four book books and comics at the same time. Because like I, I do like two chapters max. Like oh, I got to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we'll see. Definitely a good movie though if you are a fan of. Uh, Crime organized crime yeah based on the true story too mm-hmm. death of Jimmy Hoffa in the book I heard you paint houses which is a much better title 
Uh, they actually never even call it the Irishman in the movie. Really? When the title screen comes up, it even says, I heard you pay Really? Houses. Yeah. That's really weird. Um, Scorsese did not want to call it the Irishman. <laughs> That's really weird. I think the studio said the title was too long and did not want to call it that. But yeah, they never got actually called the Irishman. First, beginning of the movie, I heard you paint houses. That's crazy. And I do own the book, and I, my dad watched the movie with me and read the book immediately afterwards and mm-hmm. said the book was amazing. Which is short. It's like that yeah. thick. So. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if we spoke about this before, but I often find that the movie is better than the book. I know people typically think the opposite, but like a book has too many, too many details. Like get to the fucking point. Like books have all these fucking tangents and shit. Like on a movie, they'll take the important story and just have it a linear story without all the fucking deviation. Like, like, uh, like especially like on, especially like on on, on a Stephen King book or some shit. The, the books are just a thousand pages, and then the movies just like an hour, and it works most better. Speaking of Stephen King, I did watch It Chapter Two. I did too. Trash. I enjoyed It Chapter One a lot. Yep. It was almost looked like a completely. I mean, obviously, it was a separate movie, mm-hmm. but it looked like a different director, different <laughs> direction, and everything. I'm like, I was so bored. Yeah. The first part was really good, but I mean, a whole movie of, of fucking vignettes. Okay, here's our mission. Then a 40 minute story about this motherfucker. That's a TV show. I also don't know if it I, may have been the fact that in the first one, all the kids were like likable mm-hmm. none of them as adults are likable characters yeah, I agree but alright moving on it, chapter 2 is not on my list nor is it on mine alright what's your number 1 so my number 1 is a movie that I put on our group chat that you maybe maybe watched trailer on and it involves someone that we kind of talked about tangentially earlier on the show but it's Code 8 featuring the Amel cousins the what? Code 8 with Stephen Amel and Robbie Amel Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It was really fucking good, but mainly because of the whole story behind it, because it's a very low-budget movie. It's a, it's a movie that they did as a short film first, but then it, it got expanded to a full-length feature, and it featured the Asian guy from Fast and Furious as a cop again. Uh, and, and it's a really simple movie, but it's good, because it, and, and again, it's a superhero story, but not for kids, and, and it's, it takes the whole superhero concept and, and it flips on, on this air because it's essentially about was it in theaters, I think, but not here, like in very limited uh, screens. But essentially, it is about um, the planet having four percent of the population has powers, but instead of them being superhero, like they're kind of like a minority, like kind of like a Mexican. Illegal immigrants, essentially. Uh-huh. So, Robbie Yamel, he's basically like a migrant worker. So, like he, he uses his power to do construction jobs, like basically, like like just to like support him and his mother. And like his mom has power, so he can he, he's basically like Black Lightning. Okay. And like his mom is dying from her powers. Like she has ice powers. Like she's freezing her, like her body and shit, and is killing her. So he needs more money. And then, like, he can't get jobs because if people get caught using their powers doing, like, these construction jobs, they get arrested. So, Stephen Amell has a whole crew, and he works for the big drug dealer. He needs somebody with powers to, uh, like, 
do some heist for him. So like he, he find Robbie and Mel, who who's a good guy. Stephen Mel, he he's not really a bad guy, but he's not like the worst guy in the movie either. They started going these uh these uh heists, and then like in Arrow, Stephen Mel is a great trainer. So he trains this guy on how to use his powers, and Stephen Mel can move. He he's he he can't read mind, but like he can move shit with his mind. And then on his team, like he also had like this chick who can who's really strong, this black guy who who's a mute, but I forget what he can do. But everybody has powers. And then the guy that they work for, he has this chick who who works for him, who basically can heal people. And they're like, so then Robbie Mel falls in love with her and like wants to take her away from the shit. And then his mom gets sick again. So like tropes, tropes you've seen before, but it it. it, it her powers have a very good twist that I didn't see coming. And it's a simple movie. It's something like you, you don't have to think about too much, but it takes the, the concept of a superpowers <laughs> and it flips it. It's almost like a J. Michael Trudisi shit like up from Rising Stars or that other one he did with like other powers. Because it, mm-hmm. it, it definitely happens in like worlds just like ours. Interesting. And then like the cop, he is conflicted about trying to take down like these heist people with the powers because his daughter has powers and he has to his daughter has to hide the fact that she has power so she she isn't treated differently where so, do I watch that I saw the trailer for it on Stephen Amell's on his Instagram Instagram account and then like I um, saw the whole backstory on it and then like it, it was cool to me because like it, it's a movie that they wrote and they produce, and if I'm like the the uh, director for, it, and like something like that the, the, that they actually believe in, and him playing like a, a, a power based role that isn't an arrow, and then like so I had a very a very low budget, maybe under a million, and then um it came out on video on demand, and I think I I, I can't remember if I bought it or it, if I rented it, but I paid to watch it. And it, and it was fucking good. And again, it shows what superhero or power based shit can be that isn't cookie cutter kid shit. I'll check it out. Since you probably won't see it, can, can I tell you what the chick's uh, plot twist is? Sure. When she heals somebody, she gets their um, wounds. Really? So, like, she keeps healing like, like the bad guy boss guy. Like, he had something like. So he keeps coughing shit. So, but she heals him slowly, so she doesn't kill herself. But then, for Robbie and Mel, basically kidnaps her and makes her heal his mom. And you think that she won't do it, but she does do it. But his mom dies anyway. But like, it's really cool concept that every time she heals somebody, she takes on like that 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 wound or um that ailment. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. My last one. Or anything else on it? No. All right. My last one would be Minnie. Eddie Murphy Law. Dolomite is my name from Netflix. Really? Hmm. Um, have you watched it yet? No. Don't plan to. Really? Don't plan to. No interest? I'm not like Eddie Murphy fan. You're what? I'm not like a big... A Murphy fan, like his old shit is cool, but I had no interest in watching anything with Eddie Murphy in it. Uh, this is gonna be a hot take, but like his Saturday Night Live wasn't that fun to me either. Really? Nope. I thought it was good. Um. So, oh, now I gotta remember all the names. It's 
Yeah. If anyone knows, it's the story of uh, Rudy Ray Moore, a um, uh, black comedian from the, I don't know, 70s? Yeah. Um, you basically find out he's like this, not up and coming, he's just like a he was old, was he like 40-something? Yeah, he was old, just, and he kept wanting to break into the scene and couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because he worked at, re- he tried doing it all. He tried making record, like, a music career. Mm-hmm. He tried stand up. He want, I mean, anything. He just he wanted to be famous more than anything else. Um, but he worked at a record store. Um, he was an announcer at a cl- uh, club mm-hmm. um, that where they allowed him like five minutes to try stand up, just no one liked. And there was this homeless guy that kept coming to the record store with, telling these stories that he eventually just kind of adapted into his routine and created a whole persona. Um, called Dolomite that was, you know, there was Rudy Ray Moore, then there was Dolomite. Mm-hmm. So, super, po- uh, became instantly, like, famous uh, comedian, yep. uh, making the rounds, making money, and it was nice because, you know, he wasn't selfish or anything, he was helping out others out, helping his friends along the way, mm-hmm. uh, giving them work, um, and whatnot, but... Uh, I actually looked it up, and the guy's got, like, fucking hundreds of albums. Yeah. Comedy albums. Mm-hmm. Um, all sexual in nature, which is kind of hilarious. Also because uh, it turns out that he was a member of the LGTBQ. Was he? Mm-hmm. His, his, his manager ha- has a pretty good uh, interview on the Comedy Hype channel on, on YouTube. Like, he spoke about that and how he used to fuck the girls, so... Dolomite might have to act like he was like a ladies man and shit, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he he act like he was too good to fuck the girls on the tour bus. So, like, so then like manager fucking for him. Oh really? I can't fuck. I'm Dolomite. The dick's way too good for you. And then also it said that that guy hated that movie because and I think that his character is in that movie like his manager. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure we played him in the movie, but he also said that Dolomite didn't like Eddie Murphy because he felt like that Eddie Murphy didn't put them on shit back when Eddie was hot when he came before Eddie oh really mm-hmm. um but then you come to find out so like they go to watch they go to a movie on like Thanksgiving or Christmas Day one time mm-hmm. him and his buddies and it's supposed to be a comedy and everyone's sitting there laughing and they realize just how uh such white the film is like there ain't nothing for black folk or nothing um and they're kind of walking out like oh is this a fucking comedy like we came to laugh and it's depressing <laughs> so Eddie Murphy uh Rudy Ray Moore was like, well, you know, why don't we make a movie? Dolomite can be the character. Um, kind of like a spoof on James Bond or mm-hmm. Shaft before Shaft, I think. I don't know if Shaft was around before that. I'm not sure which came first, but yeah, but like, uh, uh, like around the same time, though. Yeah. And essentially it was like one of the worst movies ever made, but had such a cult following mm-hmm. behind it that it was like one of the most successful indie films of all time, yep. I think. Um, but... You know, Eddie Murphy just did an amazing job acting in it. Kind of a back-to-form, like, out of all these... Anyone that says, like, oh, Eddie Mur- Murphy's kind of washed up. Why does he do all these family-friendly mm-hmm. ki- kitty Disney movies? This isn't that movie anymore. Mm-hmm. So, completely adult movie. Um, I do highly recommend it. It's not your typical Eddie Murphy movie. Um, and it's definitely just good seeing, if you are an Eddie Murphy fan, being able to see him do something where you haven't seen... I think they said it was his first R-rated movie since Life. I believe it, yeah. May, uh, what was t- 
was Norbit? No. Norbit was PC-13, but it was like a hard PC-13, I believe. Was it? Never seen it. And actually not bad. And uh, Tower Heist was probably PC-13, too. I heard Tower Heist wasn't actually a bad movie. If you heard where Tower Heist was supposed to be versus what it came to the screen, it, it, it was an abomination. Because Tower Heist was kind of supposed to be what this movie was. All of the black comedians in one movie is doing like a, a, a crazy plot. Mm-hmm. But Tower Heist got turned to like basically, uh, for lack of a better term, a whitewash movie. Because he's like the only black person in the movie at the end of it. But it, 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 it was... The concept it was going to be him, Kevin Hart, Tracy Morgan, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence, like all the black comedians from the 90s, like doing like a high school, like basically like Ocean's Eleven, but, but all black comedies. Mm-hmm. All black comedians, rather. But then they said, oh, we'll make the movie, but too many black people in it. Let's get Ben Siller and Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> They'll sell. And but, it didn't. No. Uh, it wasn't bad, though, but like. Hearing what it should have been, like what it actually came out, I was like, yeah. the old concept, I think for me, would have worked a lot better. Yeah. Because, like, cause when last time you seen all of those comedians in, in, in one movie? Never. Exactly. Like, back in the early 90s, like, it happened kind of often. In the 80s, it happened. Yeah, but, like, in our adult lives, like, besides, I mean, even, even white comedians, like, like really, the only time it happened was, uh, Oh, uh, was Grown Ups. Yeah. Kind of getting away, gotten away from that, like... Ensemble. Ensemble buddy p- picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, but that one, I, I may check out eventually, but there's so much entertainment that I have to consume, whether it's comic books, whether it's books, whether it's fucking YouTube channels. Just, we live in a very good time that there's so many entertainment options. At our fucking fingertips at all the fucking time. If it ain't something you want to watch, there's something else out there. Exactly. It takes up all your fucking time. Um. So that's all of our th- three. Do you have any uh, any honorable mentions for movies? Uh, I was fighting back and forth once upon a time in Hollywood. That one, I do want to see. Hopefully, it comes by the fucking streaming sometime soon. Or is that on HBO Go? No. Oh. It just came out maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I can almost see that. Uh, <coughs> Elite to Battle Angel was pretty good. Glass was almost in my top three. Really? Mm-hmm. Not mine. Glass was... Glass it got a little boring in the middle, but, like, that third act was really good. Like, the first act, the third act was really good. Like, the middle was kind of dry and boring. Worst out of the three for me. Of the trilogy. For me, now granted, I saw Unbreakable the day before I saw Glass, but that's the worst one to me because it was so boring. And then Bruce Willis' acting was so dry. Hey, I'm going to look for all these wastes now, son. A mansion, have I ever been sick? How about in the old house? Oh. See, I liked Unbreakable. Maybe if I watched that when it came out originally, mm-hmm. but in it in like 2019, I, I, I'm not impressed. Split is the best one. Wow. <coughs> Glass wasn't the trill- wasn't the sequel to Unbreakable that I was thinking it was originally going to be. Because it, it, Unbreakable was always envisioned as a trilogy. Oh, okay. Of movies when it came out, then it didn't do it didn't do Sixth Sense numbers when it came out, so they're like, nope. Be- because of the comic movie, it at a time when like if it was it, when 
That wasn't all of Hollywood, essentially. Yeah. That came all of except for, like, X-Men or Spider-Man or mm-hmm. something like that. Yep, yep. Uh, what else did I see that was really good? Uh, what wasn't good was Godzilla, King of Monsters. It's probably the worst movie I saw in theaters this year. See, I wanted to see that. Never did, though. Chad loved it. But, but I did not. I, I hated the first Godzilla. I liked I Kong. I didn't see Kong, either. Kong was good. Um, this one looked interesting, but I'm like, I don't know if they're just going to bamboozle me like they did the first one, where it looks good, and then horrible, but then you got Kong versus Godzilla coming out. Didn't they put that back on? November now, I think. And Millie Bobby Brown is a terrible actress. The, the only thing I've seen her in is that, and I was like, how do people keep talking about this, this, this young lady? She's terrible. I just know her from Stranger Things. Yeah, I, I haven't seen one frame of that show, but this first thing is the only thing I've ever seen her in. I was offended how bad she was in it. She was bad. Yeah. But okay, uh, that is our 2019 wrap-up. Not as long as last year, but this is a pretty long episode because I have to put the outro song on this bitch, too. So This might actually be second longest episode. I did not feel like we were in corn for three over three hours. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like wait. Uh, it might be our second long episode. I think there has been one longer episode on the whole network, so the pilot episode for in no particular order might have been a little bit longer than that but we'll see but um I I hope you guys all enjoyed this shit and now you can listen to this shit on Spotify we'll try to be back at you motherfuckers next month with another episode because Brian said he's, 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 he's one per month clocking in for one per month so on a regular schedule and I'm still trying to hopefully get four shows every month it's not going to be four this month because uh uh, the PIC's co-host is being not cooperative on recording inside baseball. But we have a lot of other shows we have on the network, and I'm probably going to be recording with Garrett, and there's going to be a big announcement on that show uh, next time around. But uh, we still don't have a sign-off, do we? Until we'll next time. Until next time. In between time, we'll do everything in and around comics. That's one of the other podcasts I like called Around Comics. I have the best sign-off. And then, like, on my one podcast, 11 O'Clock Comics, I say, Good night, Jason. Then, like, the guy who's... I mean, David. Then, like, he have the same exact pause the other guy had in between. It's pretty funny. But, okay, bye. Fuck, I can't get the mouse. Right.